Hey friends, it's Jace. Oh yes, it's Char. And you're tuned in to Kiss and Tell Radio. Without further ado, I bring to you Char and Jace. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing? Y'all look pretty. And I can see because the lights are like in my eyes right now. My corneas are burning, but I can see all y'all. I can so. barely see because I have glitter on my eyelids. But you know, we're going to talk about the prep to get here. And eyelashes. Yeah. They're really pretty. It's been quite the ordeal. You look guys. gorgeous. Thank you. This is, I like this top. But you know, it's a lot. I took my birthday photo shoot in this. Pierre took it when I turned 30. Um, so, yeah. Before we bring out our guests, Jason, I just wanted to fill you in, I guess, you know, on With the, the craziness. With 99.0 episodes of my life. Yeah. It's been quite the ordeal. So, um, this weekend was very interesting for me. I went to... Is Nina here? Oh. Where's Nina? Thank you. So, guys, listen. So, okay. So, this morning, despite me not finding anything to wear that I, that I wanted to wear... I ruined a shoe. I poked my left eye. It looks okay though, right? Okay, because I've been, been tearing with the mascara wand. Okay. It's the most painful thing. Questions. It's the most the most painful thing ever. Because you can't blink enough and then everything was already set and I didn't want anything to run. So anyway, and then I like got a stain on my shirt. It's been a lot. Happy Father's Day, by the way, to all the dads. Mm -hmm. So yesterday I get invited to a fundraiser for the Trans Latina Association Coalition which I'm gonna fill you guys in on later on in the show if you wanna donate. So I'm in there minding my business, right? It's, it's at a house in the hills, two of my friends. It's a, at a house in the hills. Of course they are. And Tasha Smith walks in. You all know Tasha Smith. Marcus from the Tyler Perry movies. So she walks in and I'm like, oh my gosh, I met her at a gas station in Woodland Hills two years ago when I was working on Basketball Wives. I told her that, but of course she didn't remember, right? And then Rosario Dawson. I mentioned Bungalow Music Fest. Mm -hmm. Rosario walks in. Oh, shot to Penny. And so before they started the fundraising, we were eating tacos. Hey, Nina, I'm telling the story from yesterday. Yeah. So <laughs> Nina's with me, okay? So they have tacos. And like I said, it's for the Trans Latina Coalition. Mm -hmm. So we're minding our business, eating tacos. And so one of the actresses who's going to remain unnamed, not any of the ones that I just named, by the way. So they're talking about the CDFA Awards. And you all know that Kim Kardashian just made history for, uh, for winning like the inaugural influencer award, mm -hmm. right? So we sit up there talking Kim and mm -hmm. the awards. And the whore. This person is... That's a Kendall joke, if you all have been listening long enough. <laughs> so uh, this person is talking about how Issa Rae, it wasn't reported by the news, like, widely, but Issa Rae was really, she really had her foot on Kim's neck, like, the, the whole night show. at the show, because she stage. hosted CDFA. So as we're in the middle of gossiping, you know, one of my favorite pastimes, um, one of the actresses goes, oh, my God, there's Kate. I turn around, I've never seen this woman in my life, in the physical form in my life. I thought she was a unicorn who lived up top, Malibu, secluded. I turn around and who is it but Caitlyn frickin' Jenner, two feet away from me in leather hot pants. I think she had a Celine bag with the purse. Uh, How much are those? I don't know. 
Mm. But anyway, I say all that to say, of course my nose instantly went up, because what is she doing here? (laughs) Of course my nose goes up, because I'm like, what is she doing here? This is a trans-Latina coalition. What the fuck is Caitlyn doing here? Caitlyn, Caitlyn's not for us. She's for herself. But it turns out, in fairness, you know, she donates a lot of money. But it just was weird to share space with her and to have her within an earshot. She was like, we're at someone's house, so it's like she's like six feet away from me. It was crazy. It was crazy. She looks yeah. the same in person. And, yes, she was with her girlfriend that we've all seen on TMZ who, with all the work done, Shots who's to, also trans. Shots to lesbians out there. Trans um, lesbians. Trans le- it's a, it's lesbian, a nuanced trans niche. Trans lesbians, whatever. Yeah, so I was supposed to LGBTQ XYZ to the fifth power. Um, so I was actually supposed to go to this actual event in the hills um, with Charlotte's friends, but I had my brother's birthday out in the valley, and that's why I'm a little tanned. You know, the eye is Guys, hot. I'm so tipsy right now. I'm burning up. Oh my God. Studio lights. How are you going to handle your own Woo, show? The get- that's why I keep saying the ghetto. I'm well, fine. I'm not going to be inebriated Come on, professional. when I'm on TV. Um, yeah, so after we went to the Friend Zone Live last night, it was at the Writers Guild out in Beverly Hills. It was really fun. Um, you all are familiar with the Friend Zone podcast, right? Are you? Yeah, right? They're like the cousins of the You know what they read. are. They're Dustin, like Asante. And Fran. And Fran. Yeah, no, it was okay, fun. whatever. Um, yeah, but we had a good show, and Char, so I was, supposed, I was supposed to go to the show and then go home and work. Shawna was there, and so was Nina. Nina ditched us eventually. Uh, um, Nina. But next thing you know, Derek, the chase, is like, we're going to Trunks. I'm like, all right, well, I, I was have, supposed like, to go to a birthday party. Mm-hmm. Supposed to. I was. You got home at 3 a.m. Um, from me. Um, and we ended up in West Hollywood, which was, it was cute. You know, Trunks is like $7 a drink. You got like three, and you're done. So... Instead of doing Photoshop, I ended up in, like taking on like vodka sodas and vodka Red Bulls and like beer. And, I had like, vodka crayon, but you did. I made a mistake last night. What was a mistake, Char? Well, I made a few mistakes last what night. What was the first mistake you're talking about, Char? The first of which I was offered an edible. An edible what? And it I was have, very nice. Though. It was like it was gourmet a, box. It was an I edible gummy. It. it was an edible gummy. Okay, but it was a How big many, one. How um, many milligrams? Twenty. Mm-hmm. How much did you take? I ate it all. Thank you. On accident. <laughs> now I was going to preface this story by telling you all that I've never eaten a full edible. I've only ever pinched off, you know, like a little corner piece. Never really felt anything. I ate this edible last night, and then when we went to Trunks, I had two vodka crayons. One compliment of Jace. And one was a compliment of a stranger. Girl? He was, he was. Oh. Um, he was what? And so, yeah, I just, I just don't, I remember a lot, but I don't remember much. Um, and yeah, I just got into some trouble. But this is being recorded, I think, so I'm not going to go it into is. Um, Yeah, Char was very touchy-feely and nice last night. No, I, I was not touchy-feely in a Me Too kind of way. No, okay. no, no, no. It was very, like, friendship, you know, Jace, yes. I love you. She, like, she said it to me versus, like, me, like, trying to, like... You know, I'm big on consent. I am. We all should be. I am. Um, but yeah, it was a fun night. Mason was there. Hey, Mason. Mason was on our episode about... You know what? Mason was so disappointed me last night. This is... What? Hold on. He's one of the few people that uh, disappointed what me last night. What did Mason do to you? So I got in some trouble, and Mason... Um, I asked one simple request, and he didn't fulfill it. What was the request? 
I don't want to say, because it makes me sound like a hood booger. Char, you are a hood booger. I'm not. I don't know why you're trying to present yourself. Okay, so Mason went to go eat at his friend's house, and they oh, had chicken. The napkin. I wanted Char, a but I not, wanted no, a No, I'll tell the damn story. I wanted We're in Beverly Hills, across the street from the Writers Guild, and Char is yelling outside of Sharonda's car, Mason! Mason! I wasn't yelling. On Doheny Avenue. I was not yelling. Get me a chicken wing, wrap it up in a napkin, and bring it to Trunks. I did not say bring we it to Trunks. We are on Wilshire and let me Hold on, let me be clear, Caucasians guys. Caucasians galore. I didn't say bring and it. And she's out there yelling outside of a brand new car. I didn't say bring it to Trunks. I instructed him to when he got around the Trunks area to then call me. When you pay the meter. I would leave Trunks. Me. Go eat the chicken wing, and then we could walk in to the club together. I, I was not that. going to eat a chicken wing out of Mason's pocket in the club. But the I would have. That much better. I would have on the sidewalk before I go into the club. That's all I want. I, I hadn't can. eaten since the tacos. Needless to say, I made this this morning, not last night. And yeah, it's cute, right? I was about to say, where is me? As okay. always. That We're, was back in January. I was much happier six months ago, guys. It's been one hell of a year. Well, yeah, at 30. Yeah. By the way, so our birthday's January 20th, 1988. January 2nd, 1988. So if you flip, it's like... Jace it's was amazed by this because when I got my passport, it said 02. And he was like, And I thought oh. it said my birthday. I was like, wait, that's your birthday? And you're Typical like, Jace. No. You know I'm slow a little bit. <laughs> Common well, sense. Well, yeah. But yeah, thank you guys for coming. I really appreciate it. And we really appreciate it. This we, is the 100th episode. We're going on hiatus. Uh -huh. Much needed hiatus. Uh -huh. We're going to take a nap for like two months. This year has been stressful. Booking, booking guests, excuse me, every week. But and good the content. Guests. Yes, good guests. Great fulfilling guests. shows. Great content. But it's a lot. Pierre's one and of I'm them, tired. by the way. I am Did tired. Did you enjoy your episode? Which one? I've been on there several Okay. Well, next. Um... <laughs> Pierre's You've on been the show. on twice. Right. With, oh, yeah, TT's in Chicago, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, thank you guys for coming out. Give yourself yes. a round of applause for being thank here. Thank you. Please. So, as per usual, this is our 100th episode. Uh, just to give some fun facts, Kiss Central Radio has been listened to in over 50 countries. We oh, get yes. tweets. From Malaysia. I got this drill in South Africa. Not Malaysia Pargo, but the country. Malaysia. <laughs> Basketball-wise reference, by the way. Um, yeah, I got tweets from South Africa. Laquisha. People trolling me. It's a mess, low-key. Um, but it's been a good time. It's, we started the show somewhere in August 2015. We started August 2015. The reason why it's taken Facts. us so long to get to 100 episodes is because when the show was it's first... It's like a marriage, y'all. When the show first started, uh, it was bi-weekly because someone was bi-coastal. So it was two episodes a month. Um, and then within the past year, things kind of picked up. And so that's why it's taken us three years to get to 100 episodes. But we made it. Yeah. Never would have made it. All right. It's, so. He wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what? Gospel music. Never would have made it. All right. So. I'm a PK, um, beloved. <laughs> my stepdad is a pastor. I was raised in the church. By the way, happy Father's Day to my dad. Please give him a round of applause. Hi, dad. <laughs> Thank you for being here. So, fun fact, my dad has been to every single Kiss and Tell uh, uh, live show since the beginning. I'm surprised you still come, because things can get a little raunchy here, as you know. 
And this is that's your, my, this is my your offspring. <laughs> and you know he has no filter. So, yes. I'm holy. Thank you for... Thank you for always supporting us. Yeah, and thank really you, Marcia, as well, for coming as well. Yes, thank My you. My sister, Penny. Yeah, these are the same ones. Same ones. I didn't even notice that. This was H&M before the whole monkey controversy. Yeah, yeah, Child. thank you. By the way, this photo shoot, Char was yelling at me the entire time because men kept walking by and looking at her, but looking at me. This was at the Dream Hotel, mm -hmm. and Jace was cock-blocking me. There were attractive bachelors there, and we looked like a married couple in every... Uh, and every picture, and I was upset. She was pissed. I really was upset. Chase, this picture, I, I was like, I, mean, I was upset. I don't know. It was a new year, new Char. I mean, I was ready. Not been uh, I hit the, the other day. My wholeness was deleted. At the um, other shop, too. That shop across the street from my house. That oh, shop. The, the dispensary. There's a dispensary mm -hmm. across the street from my apartment, directly across the street from my apartment. Literally. Shout out to Igor. I went in and embarrassed myself because I thought they took debit card. Uh, <laughs> so after waiting in line, you know, you know how you wait in line, those of you who, who frequent dispensaries. Um, this was my first time. I was talking to someone who uh, yelled at me and told me that I needed. Uh, marijuana as an assist as assistant. Who yelled at you? Not yelled at me, but there were two people within one week that was like, "Bitch, you need some weed." Asante and plus and one. So uh, I went to the, dis the the dispensary to get one of those pre-rolled in the papers, you know, because in college we used the, you know, the peach white owl situation, um, and so or the white grape or whatever. But it was like, what, you know what I'm grape. talking about? You break it down and spill out the guts and do what you need to do, um, and so. Yeah, I went there to get a, a, is it still called a blunt or is that ghetto? It's a blunt. All right. You said a what? So I went to go get oh, one no. and when it came time to check out, they were like, oh, we don't take cards. And I was like, I'll be back. Granted, a week later, I did go back with my $10 <laughs> and I got what I needed. Because it was like every night I was like, damn, I wish I would have bought that. Like every night I was like going through it. In the daytime, I was like, I don't need that shit. But every night mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God. And so I finally went and got it. And I was there. I had trouble putting it out, though. Putting what out? The fire? Putting, no, putting it out. Like, I had taken a few pulls. Oh. And, like, oh. putting it out. I didn't have any ash, Trey, so it's like, in, my bathroom sink is a mess right now. It literally looks like it Pusha is. T's album bit. cover. Yeah, oh, my God. That's dark. That's, That's what it looks like. Dark. Except makeup. It looks like, makeup. but not like... Makeup. <laughs> With makeup, makeup and like eyelashes and shit like it's that. It's makeup, lashes, Not hand lines soap, of coke listerine. And it's heroin. just stuff every powder, but face powder. Yes. Everywhere. Make everywhere. So yeah. Wait, another fun fact before we introduce our guests. They used to call me Amber Rose in college because I didn't smoke, but I rolled a mean blunt. Amber don't smoke. I just wrote a mean blunt. She was dating some hood star. Wiz Khalifa, maybe? Maybe. Amber Wiz Khalifa Kanye. Maybe, I don't, know, I don't know, but I just rolled a mean blunt. That was my nickname. That's the point of the story. I was called Amber, well, never mind. Um, blonde fade. I had a blonde fade. So, and the, the Bayou Classic in New Orleans. We're going to introduce our guests right now, um, one by one. So, Kiss and Tell has become a hot platform globally at this point, and we wanted to be very intentional. Me and Char had very mean. Char and I. Like I said, it's like a, it's like a marriage. Um, Char and I have had a lot of meetings um, at Starbucks, at different coffee shops, using that Wi-Fi for free. And we wanted to curate a very great, intentional panel. And so those who have agreed, we are very grateful, and thank you for coming up. 
And yeah, just actually just come up. You can do the one by one. Okay, we got Jade, we got Travel, we got Raw, and we have Smith. We do. You guys can come when you're ready. I don't know where, where you're coming he, from. Yeah. They're coming. Okay. Scoot over to. Those of you who listened. Oh, yes. Listen, I was filling in for you. Those of you who do listen to the show. Oh, yes. And by the way, that is the bell, like the actual this is, bell and we're gonna from do, the show. Uh, we're so going to give you, you guys a bell. I just, listen, the turnover rate for that damn Amazon, I couldn't get it here quickly enough. <laughs> so I'm going to do you like a little prime? contest, you know. How many of you all know, you know, the getting to the money choreography from Beachella? Well, you're going get, to get a chance oh, to prove okay. it. Everybody met. Uh, you're going to get a chance to prove it later on. <laughs> Hi, panel. Hi. Hey. Does everybody have a mic? Hey. Okay. All right, so. Hey, you guys. You guys look gorgeous. All this, like, chocolate and variations it of it. Yum. It's like, yum. Very yeah. sugar. Thank you guys. Oh. For a round of applause, please, for our panel. So, just to give a quick intro to everybody, uh, Jade is... Um, the shit. That's me. Le shit. She is the shit. Jade, yeah. you're one of my favorite people. You know that. Loki. She everybody has her own YouTube down. channel. Foxy Hot Mess. She has her own podcast. With the zero. Do Not Disturb. Amen. And she's just an overall dope person. Like, she's been on the show as well, Kiss and Tell Radio. And it was called Do Not Kiss and Tell, which was mm -hmm. perfect. We did a joint. It was a lot of talking for, it like, was a lot four of hours. Like, a lot of... I feel like there were a lot of moments and people exposed during yeah during both episodes. And she has this game where she relates like lesbian sex positions to like weed trains. They're, they sound so. Long story short, my girlfriend we're has not a, lesbians, by the way. <laughs> uh, so that was never up for question. Um, <laughs> so my girlfriend has this book. It's like a hundred lesbian sex positions, and I was just fingering through it. No pun intended. Whoa. And, <laughs> I was going through it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Kiss and Tell. And I realized that a lot of the titles, they sound like we, they could be weed strains, so then I made a game. And I was high when I came up with it. Naturally. So there you go. And that's and me. Yeah. I'm going to need some tips. For what? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm new to the game. Whose game? I of mean, yeah, right. Jace, I, I need like, tips I'm on fingering. Look, I got questions. <laughs> what? Everybody get around for Only thing I'm sticking my fingers in is a bowling ball, and that's occasionally. <laughs> Clap for Jade, y'all. Yes. Clap for Jade. <laughs> Don't get any ideas. So, Raw was actually a recommendation from Jade. Give it up for Raw, real quick. So, Raw sparked our interest because uh, she is, one, a mother. And that is something that's very new. A to whole the baby. Oh. And a lesbian, right? Yes, a whole okay. lesbian. I you know mother and lesbian. <laughs> Shit, where they find them bitches at? You know what I'm saying? Ooh, come My on high now. school. <laughs> and college. Um, but yeah, no, like, I th I, we found um, Raw, and she has the initiative called uh, Flint Can't Drink Tears. And Are they, you from Flint? I'm not, but I'm from Michigan. What part? Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids, okay. Ooh, are the Rapids grand? Huh? Are the Rapids grand? A little bit. Okay. Oh my gosh, okay. The Flint teach. can't drink tears. We all know what Flint is going through right now if you all haven't been keeping up. I know it's a lot going on in the news, you know, with the whole border and, you know, uh, concentration Everything. camps and all of that stuff. So, but Flint is still in dire need of clean water. Yeah, and by the way, all ticket sales, 10% goes to her nonprofit. So thank you guys for buying thank tickets you, and you, donating as you. well. So yeah, that is raw. Anything else you want to say about yourself? 
I love all y'all. Thank you for coming out. Amen. <laughs> so next, I should, I'll let Shara introduce Thanks, Travel. Um, so Travel <laughs> is someone that I met a year ago, last June. I DM'd him. Travel is uh, with the LA Times. And I was looking to get back into the National Association of Black Journalists. Um, I was in it in college, and child, you know, HBCUs can be a little shifty with clubs. Um, you know, anything that's not a D9, you know, thing that can be a little, you know. Um, and so Travell is uh, non-binary. He goes by he, she, or they. Interesting or, perspective. Or slay. Or slay. And I reached out to Travell, and they are the president of the local chapter. And... Uh, LA Times. What do you write for the LA Times? Like entertainment, black entertainment? I cover diversity in Hollywood with a focus on black and queer film. Oh, right, yes. Right now. Amen. Oh, yes. Travell has talked to a little bit of everybody. Everybody. Gabrielle Union was like two weeks ago. That right? was like a month ago. It was like a month ago, but that it was happened. at USC. It's like right? being married. Uh -huh. That should be a hashtag. Always <laughs> Thank you, Travell. No I love you. Thank you. And also, Travell is actually the first um, non-binary person we've had on the panel as well. So we wanted to be really... Uh, and on the show. Wow. And on the show, you're right. Yeah, and on the show. So congratulations for being the first. Pop your cherry, or pop ours. <laughs> and lastly, we have Smith from The Blog, Blog Boys. Another yes. podcast that's out here. So... I don't know what it is about the West Coast, but the West Coast is lacking black queer podcasts. I They're think lacking black podcasts, period. They're lacking black people. Low key, very true. No shade. Um, In comparison to the East Coast, you know. Yeah, the East, yeah, because they got a lot of stuff. They got loudspeakers that have a whole roster of podcasts. But Smith um, is another person that's one of the headhunters with podcasting and black podcasting out on the west coast so we wanted to have him here to kind of like talk to us and all that jazz he's a dope person he has music and a singer i was about to say a good as singer as well follow him on the soundcloud he's not one of those soundcloud rappers he's actually like a legit person and um yeah harmonies and stacks and and their show you guys should, should subscribe they just had essence atkins on yeah a mm -hmm. great two-part interview with evans. the faith the evans oh. yeah. so yeah they're doing it they're i love doing the song it. love yeah thank you did you guys know that Steph Jones was in the love video back in the day? Who? Steph Jones. That must be a West Jordan Coast Sparks thing. Jordan Sparks ex? Mason knows. From Houston? It's a, it's a West Coast thing. Steph Jones was like He's from Houston, the Instagram right? model before Instagram existed. Yeah, I know. He's from Houston. How, how? Okay. Well, he was in the video. What's happening? <laughs> It's long. My stepmother just said that to me. <laughs> I can't get it in there. Pause. Welcome to Kiss and Tell. So give it a round of applause for our, uh, our panel, please. So, time to get deep. Um, I'm going to let Char lead the questions because she's really good at, like... Don't forget yours. Oh, I know mine. All right, so the first it's question like that married. we wanted to talk to everyone about is... Um, heteronormativity within relationships. So, panel, and feel free to answer. You guys don't have to answer in order. This is not the magic school bus. So just jump in when you want to. So, actually the first question I'm gonna ask is about dating apps or currently dating someone because this came as a backstory. You all know who listened to the show. I used to be on dating apps about a, two years ago. They're not good for my health. You were so on Jack last week. 
I was not on Jacked, this advertisement behind us was on Jacked. There's nothing on Jacked for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I was like on Tinder and stuff, and like I said, it wasn't good for my health, my mental or physical, because, you know, we'll talk later. But anyway, so what I noticed in my dating, and even when I'm not on apps, is a lot of guys that I attract tend to be not black. And if they are black, they are... Are what? Like a... Like a spicy white? <laughs> oh, right. I'm like, what does that mean? Like Chipotle mayo. No, I do attract a lot of spicy whites. Uh, uh, you know, I live near Glendale, so I get a lot oh, yeah, of couscous and shawarma. Uh, <laughs> oh but oh when they are black... Oh my God. Okay, so I was entertaining a, a black guy who had no black friends, and that made me uncomfortable. Like, none. Like, no associates, <laughs> no anything. And so I was like, whoa. And he was like, black. Not like, you know, he was black, like a full Negro. And he just had no black associates. Everyone he hung around was white. Can y'all imagine our meetings? And so my question to you all is, if you were to date someone or come across someone on a dating app and all of their pictures included someone that's the same race as you, and all of their pictures included and all of their oh friends are people that are not within your uh, racial makeup, would you continue to date them? How, how do you open up that conversation as to why they don't have? Or is that a flag in general? Like, is that a red flag for you? Nah. I don't want too many niggas around me, to be honest with you. Oh, you know por qué? <laughs> Shit. Why I is mean... That? Are you single, by the way? Great answer. No, my girlfriend's in the... In the in hey, girlfriend. Wave, wave your hand. In the air, like you just don't hey. care. <laughs> you look like Elisa Vidal. Did people tell you that? I could see it. Kara from Being Mary Jane. I met her. Oh. Really? And her sister, who plays uh, Taina from back in the day. Yeah. Taina. I met them at a Puerto Rican food truck, and we was all eating rice and beans and just like. Was they cool? They were so cool. See, you Lisa is around. They remembered my her. name. Come on, Aros nice. Pollo. I interviewed her. I was at a. I was once upon a time a part of a network, and I interviewed her for being Mary Jane. But go Mary ahead, Jane. answer the question. So if you, doesn't matter. It's a, it, it really. It that was intentional. Matter. I mean, it, to me, it doesn't really matter. For real, for real. Like I was raised in a very like multicultural community and shit like that. So, I mean, if if I'm digging you and you digging me and that mouth is great, you know what I'm saying? Like, why does it matter who your friends are? You know what I'm saying? Why does it matter who your friends are if that mouth is great? Right, audience. Wow. Right. I'll check. What that mouth do? That mouth quick. do. <laughs> Anybody else? Are, is everybody single, by the way? Or no. no. I know that. I'm gonna let them answer, Char. <laughs> she just she just pointed out her girlfriend. Okay. What's the relationship status on the panel? No, I'm not. I'm not single. Okay. No. Your your girlfriend's a great chef, by the way. She is. Thank you. I'm newly single. Okay. <laughs> Welcome. Well, actually, no. That, Come on, nice for welcome back. Back. <laughs> welcome back. I'm single-ish. Wow. <laughs> That's very 2K18. This is a living. These are living <laughs> you know, statistics I'm up here because lesbians. Oh my God. Stay in relationships statistically. And Home Depot. Oh <laughs> That is not true. Going Home Depot. Um, are you guys dating at all? The single folk? Um, not really. I don't 
Not really. Not really. Because you single ish. Smith never yeah. leaves the yeah. house. Ish. This exactly. is the ish coming out, right? It's just because I don't, like Char said, I don't never leave the house. Ever. So it's very difficult for me to meet people because I'm always at my crib. But I will roll you in. I will roll you a nice bleezy and we can smoke it up and we can chat and watch some Netflix for a couple hours and you go home. That's a lot of weed talk on this panel this time. You know? I know. Well, it does make the world go round. What about you, Trevelle? Are you world. on any apps or at all yet? I'm not. Um, okay. So I don't know if y'all remember. The last time I was on the show, you was, had someone cooking you breakfast. Right. On yes. Valentine's Day, right? It was Easter. That okay. was Easter. Same it thing. was Easter. <laughs> and um, we got in a relationship. It was cute for a couple months. And then I had to break it off. So, and that was like two weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Easter. <laughs> Travelle was on our show for 4-4. Jayonce's wedding anniversary. I, when my feelings, you know, change, I like to cut it off immediately. Um, and so I haven't gotten back on the apps. I met him on Tinder. Um, I haven't gotten back on the apps yet. Did he lasted that long? Yeah, that he did. That long? It was great. It was a Listen, really great relationship, really great guy, but it didn't work I'm out. Just, that's a long time. It's still spring. It's like a two-week cap for me. Six on, weeks? Uh, no, that's a long time for me for with the dating app. Literally, in and out. Get that ass on up and out. You gotta go. You gotta go. We don't have these problems. Okay, so we're derailing. Answer the damn question. <laughs> we're the, all over the place. If the you question? were dating someone or came oh. across someone on an app and they had friends that were literally, like no friends that were black, would you have issues? with that? If they had that? all white friends. I would be concerned. Um, just because I want to know like, what your relationship to your blackness is if there's no black friends around you. Cause like I'm black as fuck, like unapologetically, and so I need to know that you know when I'm with you, like I, I just want to know how, like how you act around these white folks that you call friends. Like, are you one of the type of black people that let your white friends say nigga? Or probably, you know. You know and Did I just, you vote against your best interests? You know, probably. You know, I just, I just, I would have a problem with that. Patriarchy. <laughs> I feel like I. I would be weird about it. I would be concerned as well. But not, I mean, yes, for those reasons, but also just for stupid reasons. Like, I don't want to deal with dumb shit later. Like, if we go buy groceries and we're in, like, the hair care aisle <laughs> and, like, your brand is suave, like, I'm going to think that's just weird. Just for me. And then I'm going to have to sit there and explain to you, like, why Girl, it shouldn't be. Suave. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, Girl. if we get invited to a cookout... Like, you're not bringing Doritos. Like, you gotta bring something, like, you know what I mean? Just like little stuff like that would annoy me. Oh, if someone brought Doritos to the cookout. Yeah. Okay. And I don't wanna be what like associated Doritos? with the person that brought, because. What'd you say? Amen. Or Thank the you. ice. Bring a bottle if you can. But can't a bottle cook. of what? Because if you ain't a nigga, you know what I'm saying? You might ribs. bring, you know, some fucking. So I think it kind of bothered y'all, but like not really. It's not that deep. It bothered me. I'm, we know. <laughs> we, all, we all know. But no, it was a nuanced situation. It wasn't like, oh, you don't have any black friends. You know, to hell with you. It just was stuff like once I clocked it, I just started noticing stuff. Like, <laughs> what do you want with me? You know? <laughs> then I started feeling fetishized. You, and you said what? So you dare to pop the cherry. I'm there to pop yeah. the cherry. I don't pop cherries, honey. <laughs> I get it popped. Yeah. I don't pop cherries. However, it didn't feel, it did not feel cohesive sure. to my existence. It just was like he started, 
It's just little stuff. You know, little red flags. You guys know when you have dated people and you have chosen to turn a blind eye to some things. And then when you lay your head down on your pillow, you're like, did this motherfucker, like, what? you know. Ugh. Ooh. I don't know. I Men have dated, just, um, I've dated a multiple of races, mostly um, of the African-American descent. And Oh, black men like me again. I forgot to tell you guys that. Black men have always liked you, Char. As of two weeks ago, hashtag black men like Char again. It's been a while. It has been a no, 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 while. No, 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 no. You are very intentional with being vocal about what you like and what likes you. Therefore, black men come to me to be like, oh, because well, they're Char scared. Only likes, no, 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 no. Char only likes white men. If you're saying I've never, that, I've never said I only like white men. You have not. I date you, who wants to date me. Okay. And when I say a I date, mean, okay. when I say a date, okay. I mean we going out to dinner, not Netflix and chilling, not you uh, making no, that minute, damn, wait a minute. not There's you making that damn Netflix chicken Alfredo. For me, it is. Not you making that goddamn chicken Alfredo with with broccoli bits, <laughs> with the Texas toast from the freezer and section. pouring me some Moscato. It's a Moscato. <laughs> oh. And then you got to get like the Moscato, no. like the barefoot. Moscato. <laughs> I mean, actually doing something, the active state of dating, not me coming over your house. Well, why? Char, why? as someone who knows you as your co-host and your friend, I think it's time to open you said, up your why? Home. Why? Hold, hold on, hold on, Jay. Hold on. You want to know why that's not yeah, acceptable why? as a date for me? Yeah. Because it's the ghetto. And it's a trap. It is typically, in my experience, it is a trap. And it shows that you do not take me serious. In my experience, okay. you do not take me seriously because we all know what Netflix leads to. Are you kidding me? Okay. This probably is why I'm single, but I'm saying black men have shown interest in me lately within the past two weeks, which is rare because they don't. They just don't. Anyways. Um, they don't. So I have a testimony. Um, so not in California. First... Thank you, Sharonda. Not in California. But there's not really Everybody's a got a Kim on their from. arm, and I'm not talking Kimberly Denise Jones. I'm talking Kimberly Noel Kardashian West. Not everybody. <sighs> Most do. Most do, but not everybody. And that's their prerogative. It's no shade. That's their so prerogative. So my first date with my current boyfriend was a Netflix and chill situation, I believe. And actually, you held me late. First you held of me all, captive that first night. of all, I want Boom. you to know that there are politics that come into play with this because you a damn man, okay? Oh my God. It's different. I'm a with gay a, man. The fuck? It doesn't matter. It's different with women. Uh, it's totally no, different. It's, yes, it is. No, because if you're yes, a gay man, why are people on Jacked? Why are people on Grinder? For to hook up. Thank you. Who said that? In the back. I see you in the balcony. Yes, that is accurate. And that is why I don't do that shit to because I'm up. not on so it to So it's not really up. different. If I go with someone who's Netflix and chilling, I expect I'm going to be fucking. So That's why I don't go on the shit. But I've been I'm trying saying, to tell but, you that. But, but look, look, look. But I'm saying... Make it make sense. Thank you, Monique. I invited I her, saying, by the way. I did. She, I did. She definitely emailed her. I did um, email Monique. But and I'm Sydney, just saying Daddy. that not every Netflix and chill situation ends up in 9.5 times out of 10. That is in my if experience. If someone wants to cook you know what? for you, give them their own. That's um, like the bare minimum amount, amount of effort, though. Thank you. It's Thank literally you. like you asked me on a date for someone you to cooking do, for you is bare minimum? What? Yes. And yeah. I'm going to tell you why. Because I've been on dates out here. Pierre is my witness. Pierre used to be my roommate. I've been on dates out here. <laughs> 
I've been on dates out here where there are, you know, like, all, men have went all out, like, wowed me, okay? And I know that I'm worthy of that. I know that that's what I deserve. I'm not 18 anymore. Don't take me to the goddamn whatever, Netflix and chilling. I'm 30 years old. I'm 30. I'm 30 and I need tired. A for, I need we'll a formidable date. All day. Okay, then you continue Netflix you and chilling, and I'll continue going to the dispensary. No. If you can't afford to take me on a date, then don't date me. Don't even step to me. It's not We're an going afford on a thing. It's not an afford thing. It's not an afford thing. Well, to me, Netflix and chill is not endearing. That's not cute or sweet to me. Last time on Netflix and chill, he put on he put on Sausage Party and put his hands down my pants. Okay. <laughs> Ring the bell. He had a jailbroken fire stick and he put on the sausage party and put his hands down my pants. That's I'm dead. Metaphor. I am dead serious. I'm not joking. You should have burned his house down. I'm not joking. And I thought he was so romantic. Oh no, Jade, he was good on paper. He was good in the text and good and romantic. And I took like an idiot. Because I knew better. I took my black ass over to his house, and that's the shit he had planned. What kind Never of, what kind of liquor did he bring? Was it barefoot, or was it some Hennessy? What was it? You know what? There was no alcohol. Oh, hell. He probably gave you tap I mean, water. no one's going to cloud my judgment. As a matter of fact, you know what? He did have bottles, but they had already been opened, and I don't play those games, Bill Cosby. Ah! No. I got to see that seal broken. I have to see that seal broken. So, We're not doing quaaludes and thigh gappers. So... Staying on the same topic of dating, um, the next question for our panel is, Shari, you're a mess. Sausage party, really? Um, That's what he put on. You guys know Sausage Party. <laughs> I get it was a It's a, a very lewd words. cartoon. Um, so the next question for the panel is, and feel free to jump in whenever you want to, um, is how does heterosexual, I guess the concept of a relationship, um, kind of play into LGBTQ, XYZ type of power relationships. Mm. You know, for me, um, I have dated tops and bottoms. If y'all know what that is, Google it. Um, and I have, in my experience, they have different expectations outside of the bedroom, AKA paying for their food, AKA opening the door. It's like almost dating a woman, but like some, some, not all of them, <laughs> but some expect because they are being penetrated for me to like, I'm used to like, <laughs> what? Am I saying, so? I'm just, for me, my experience, I have dated some people who identify as the bottom and they have wanted me to do that for them. I've dated people who identify as the top and I'm, they want to treat me like a lady. I'm like, I'm not a lady, I'm a man. This is a two man relationship. That's why I'm gay and not straight. So, um, my question to you guys, how does um, hetero, I guess, normative situations kind of play into your dating life relationships, X, Y, Z? And even, like, masculine, feminine, aside from sexual positions, like, you know, people have different airs about their personality. Right. The trade versus the bush queen. <laughs> your what? Your uh -oh. heel was pointed upstairs in the pictures. <laughs> okay, panel. <laughs> I mean, I would say like 98.9% .9 of the time, I'm going to foot the bill. Like, and I don't. Foot it. Go Dutch. No, Let's foot, go out. Foot. foot the bill. Oh, foot, foot. the bill. Okay. Yeah, like I'm going to foot treat. the Yeah, because I, I guess I identify as, as a more of a masculine identified female. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't know if that's just how I've always been thinking of myself or I just have always come across as, I don't know, chivalry. Like, if I wear boxers, I feel like, well, bitch, you can afford to pay for the motherfucking bill. Shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, and your car's cute, too. I, I don't, I don't no care. No argument from me. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't mind that. But at the same time, like, if it's my partner and I'd have no problem with her being like, all right, baby, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to pay for it, whatever, whatever. But, like, if I'm going to go on a date with some, if I wasn't in a relationship and I was going to go on a date with somebody, mm-hmm. um, I would be, I expect myself to pay for the bill. Has that been expected of you? Probably, okay. but because I expected of myself, it's no problem. Literally, then it came with the wallet, just like I mean. It's usually me going for the wallet first, and if and if she reaches for the wallet, I'm like, "Alright, bitch, you cool? Like, hey, yeah. like that's what's up." But no, I got this. I don't need you to pay for shit. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's just me, though. I feel it. I feel it. I think that um one of our biggest responsibilities or one of our biggest tasks as LGBT people, Black LGBT people, is like unlearning. Um, especially if you come from a background that's religious or there's a, you know, a very rigid like background, we, we have a, a responsibility to unlearn so much shit. So I think that a lot of this heteronormative idea comes from how we're conditioned. If you've seen your mom and your dad in the household, that's what you're exposed to. Or even if like you've just seen your mom have boyfriends or you've seen your dad have girlfriends, like whatever that looks like for you. And then you see your brother get married and then you see your sister get married, have boyfriends. And then all we're seeing on TV, because you know, we're a little bit older in the game now, so they didn't have like gay characters on Nickelodeon back then. That wasn't right. an issue. So we were just, that's what we were exposed to. And I think by default, we start seeing, we, we, we basically become what we see. Um, and then I think like even when we started having like our first glimpses of ourselves in media, like one of the first uh, thoughts I have is like Noah's Ark. When Noah's Ark came out, that was a very like that was my shit. <laughs> that was my shit, but it was very traditional, like the trade guy with the cornrows, and then like the little femme guy with the afro. And you know what? You know that's what we saw first, and so I think that I think there's always been a representation of gay couples that are not the heteronormative tradition. Um, but I think it's just a matter of doing our research and unlearning what we've seen for so long, and learning a new way of doing things, and ultimately just doing what works for you. You know what? It's interesting Man. that you brought that up. Because when Daryl, Daryl was a guest on our show a few weeks ago, and he played Noah on Noah's Ark, and I brought this up to him about how problematic, um, it's a great show, two seasons in a movie. Groundbreaking. Um, but how problematic uh, the, the guys of he and Wade were. Um, because I was watching in high school, and you know, that's what I thought. And he said that all of the guys that played like the hyper-masculine boyfriends, you know, um, Jensen Atwood and the guy who played Trey, like they're heterosexual, so he doesn't know the conflation between that, but he acknowledges um, the problematic, how it can be seen as problematic, you know, and unrealistic if we keep it at 100. Right, especially in Los Angeles. Yes, and it was set in Los Angeles. So I was like, uh, where are these niggas at? (laughs) Right, where Wade at, you know? Michelle sitting on this laughing soldier. So someone who's non-binary, he, she, slay, how does that kind of, does that play a role at all? <clears throat> it does. Um, I think it, it, for me, people see what they would term femininity on me and they, they make assumptions, right? So they think that I, I want to be wooed. They think I'm submissive. They think I'm a bottom. Um, and sometimes I am, but other times, How you, doing? you know. What you, what you be doing on them other times? How you doing? How you doing? You know? Um, and so it's, it's interesting because, like, 
interacting with people, you, you see how they kind of make assumptions about what you're interested in, and they, they treat you like a lady or they treat you like a girl, um, as if they're pursuing a girl um, based on these kind of traditional heterosexist ideas about like relationships. Um, but I'm a very independent person. I have a really big personality. Question? Like, <laughs> and I'm not, like, I'm not necessarily interested in, like, I can pay the bill, the entire bill. I have a full-time job with benefits. Like, I'm good doing it, um, and I wanna be able to do it. And so, like, I'm interested in a relationship where, like, we can do away with those ideas about what a relationship looks like, and, like, you know, sometimes I'm on the bottom, sometimes you're on the bottom, and, like, it just depends on how we're feeling that day. I feel it. But you don't find a lot of people, I, I don't find a lot of people who are able to conceptualize that, like who, who are, are interested in, in the fluidity of life in a relationship. And you said when people like LGBTQ plus or just like everybody? I think everybody. I mean, it, even, even in, in the heterosexual relationships that we see in media, um, you, don't, you don't see like a really masculine, masculine guy with like a masculine woman. A masculine presenting. No, woman. you'll never see Terry Crews with Leslie Jones. Exactly. No. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it, all of that contributes to our ideas about re what relationships look like. <laughs> Everybody laugh. <laughs> Please. I was just picturing Terry Crews with Leslie out. Jones. <laughs> Please cut that part out, Jesus. That wasn't said to be funny, but it's you know, episode, all I saw was trolled. Leslie Jones is what is yeah. deemed, you know, it's a nigga bitch. <laughs> um. Ooh. The, I did not say that. For the record. Where's Nini when you need her? Um, so, Jade, um, yeah. do you have, I mean, you have a girlfriend now, but while sure you were do. dating, you do, claim her. Um, no. Did you have yeah. a, I guess, type? No, um, I didn't. I just, I don't, okay. So I wish I was one of those just like really open, like, you know, I can date anyone, doesn't matter what you do or what you look like or whatever, but I'm not. Um, I like more femi feminine looking women. And as much as I, cause I can look at a stud and be like, bitch, you are fine. But like, you are Me fine too. over there. <laughs> like, I, like I can't, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't engage with another stud in that way. But it's not necessarily because of like, because one thing I never understood with lesbians is like, if you want me to treat you well, why would you expect me to do things that a man would do? That's one thing I never Conditioning, understood. Conditioning, what Smith just said. That is a word. It is. And My God. Because like, I, I mean, because I like, you know, like everybody else said, I can fit the bill and I can open the door for you and I can do all of these things, but I would much rather treat you in a way that shows you that I'm a good person. Because this is how y'all get, this is how y'all get uh, fucked up. Because to me, no shade, hey, um, but to me, if that's all you're doing, that's the bare minimum, because anybody can do that. Because after anybody. we have that first date, after you open the door for me, after you pay my bill and all this other shit, like, can you make me laugh? Are you worth my time? That's the shit that you learn afterwards, and that's when you're like, oh, you're actually trash. Because all you really did was pay for my meal and open my open right. door. I'm full, that's about it. You know what, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of that, because, 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 uh, you know, with, with men being trash, and Fact. being chivalrous. What I've by noticed, the way, listen to Mason's episode where Mason reads her. 
Mason does not read me. Mason, Mason challenges me. Mason reads you about your perception of men. It's not all men, but listen, as, as the resident uh, tea girl on the panel, um, for myself... It's not all men. A memoir. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. Thank you, Smith. Um, but for me, I've noticed that, the, you know, that with this push of um, the youth kind of guilting me because I'm binary, like I'm extremely binary, I identify as a woman, like I don't identify anywhere in between. Um, things like that matter to me. You gotta hold a door open for me. Are you kidding me? You don't have to fit the bill. I'm very, I don't know, I'm weird like that, but I have critiques from certain people who are in the room who That's say not just you. that I don't know how to let a man be a man, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know what that means, though. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, okay? Um, and so, naturally, I'm very feminine, but, you know, I always have something to say. And that can be translated, I think, that, you know, with, with black women, that it's often translated into aggression or attitude, neither of which I have. I can be, but oh neither my. of which I have. But you that's people's... Have that's people's knee-jerk reaction when I challenge them, you know? And so, guys that I've been on dates with, it's a full-on, you know, Diane Sawyer, Barbara Walters special. I want to know everything about you, and I want to know, am I safe? That's valid. I want to know Very am valid. I safe. Very valid. I mean, if we're keeping it 100, I am 30, as I've said a million times. And the, the average life expectancy for black trans women is 35. And so I don't ever want to invite a man in my space that may jeopardize my, me living, you know, because they're trash. Uh, not all, but a lot. Thank a you lot that, you know that. what, I'll say this. A lot of men that I've encountered that identify as trans attracted are trash because it's like you can't win for losing. If he traditionally dates trans women, then typically it's a fetish. You got some sort of kink, some sort of, you know, you're in the dark web double clicking on the Tumblr. But if I'm his first, then all of a sudden I turn into Eon Le Fix My Life because it's all this psychological stuff and. You know, he's fine, and then, you know, he, it's just a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. It really is a lot. But I think that's what makes it a little bit more difficult to, like, date as we get older, because I'm kind of, in my own way, I have my little quips like that, where it's like, okay, my list is getting a lot more specific about what I want and what I will yes. accept. You know, a lot of shit, like you said, Company I'm not 18 anymore. So it's like, a lot of the shit, I don't mind a Netflix and chill, but there's some things that I do very much mind that I'm like, okay, this is getting a little bit more specific. So that's why, you know, I just be in the house. Right. It's funny that you I say too that because be in the house. yeah, and you know, also I don't be on the apps either. I don't, I don't fuck with the apps I like can't that. Do it. it's toxic. My app is, is Instagram. So if, it if is you toxic. want to reach me, slide in that DM. It's funny that you say that too. Because I need to be able to see you talking in the videos. <laughs> I went to. No, you do have to watch out for uh, teeth, teeth and hats. Yes, I learned that the hard what way. What is that? If wow. a guy continuously posts pictures with a hat on and without showing his teeth, um, that could be a recipe for a disaster. You could be in for the shock of your life. Holy shit. Oh. You can. You can. A you lumpy can. head and bad grill. You um, can. But it's funny that you said that, because I want to touch upon what you said, um, Smith, is that uh, recently I was having a conversation about... Oh, yeah, she's fine. Um, about what... I wanted in a man. And for the longest time, I 
kind of had an image of what I wanted in a woman for... In a woman? Why in a woman? Char, you are my friend. You know my past. I do know your past, but you've always been gay. You was fucking bitches. Okay, okay, okay. I know that so he dated we're gonna, women we're gonna in the this right before now. he came no, out. No, 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 no. We're going to pat this right now. Oh my so God. one of the reasons why it took me so long to come out as gay, because I knew that if I said, hey, I fuck men, that no woman would ever want to be with me again, especially black women. Because I knew that if I said that, I would be deemed as, oh, you're gay and confused. And so I did not want that. So I had to make sure that I was going to live this life of probably only dating men because women would not want to date me from there on. And that was like in college or so. Um, but what I was going to say, Char, is that I had put a picture on my head of what I wanted a woman for so long. You know, from 18 to 19, 20, whatever, or sorry, from birth to whatever. I know what I want in a woman. And love is love, great. But loving a man is very different from loving a woman. I know because I have done both. And I... I've had to learn as an adult what it's like to love a man versus, and like hands on. And I've been burned a lot. I've had a lot of boyfriends, the Dumbo doll, like shit show. Um, What's the Dumbo doll? <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> One Christmas, once upon a time, next. Um, tweet me. Uh, but it took me a while to figure out what I wanted a man, and I was having a conversation with my roommate Chris right here in the audience. Um, because I was saying, I was like, you know, I've had men fly me out. I've had men offer me cars. I've had men offer me apartments. I've had men, like, I, <laughs> right. I've had Bobby Staline. Um, Offered you but, an apartment? Yeah. You didn't ass. take it? No. Because guess what? I wanted love Shit. and not cars and apartments. I was dumb and young. Uh, right. I could have got my sister a Prius. Um, Thank you. But. <laughs> Woo! I was telling him, because I've been so through much. so much with dating men and figuring out what I wanted a man, I didn't know what I wanted. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going to take for someone to get my attention. And recently, I realized it's my peace and sanity. <laughs> no, like, and you guys laugh, but like, literally, men like... Men bring you peace and sanity? My man brings me peace and sanity. Yeah. He does. And it's, no, that's and good. it's organic. It's rare. Uh, and it's, it's a very, needle in a haystack. Exactly. I went through 10 years of bullshit to find my peace and sanity. And I did not know what Because you could buy me whatever you want. You could buy me whatever. Take me. I don't care. But there's a. That's where the Netflix and chill thing. Like, if I could just relax with you and chill and just ease my mind, <laughs> just be at peace, that brings me something. And that's that facts. is worth more than that's a chicken facts. dinner. So, that's what I want to say. We can chill at the point. beach or something. And we did that last week. We can chill you at did. Nobu. In Malibu. At no, we can chill at Nobu. I was joking. Or something. No, we can. No, we can still do dates. I love I to eat. No Shit, I like Nobu. Shit. I love to eat. We can chill at a restaurant. We are not chilling with, with, uh, but, with but how do you... Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and your Alfredo. But how do you know that they're bringing you peace and all that if they're not actually talking? Mm. Like, if, if no, all no, your no, time is talk. being... Okay. I talk. Are you kidding me? So I'm, you put on Netflix and talk. I'm you might as well go to dinner. Now let me let me but explain that. Let me explain that as couch. a serial. You in your drawers on the couch, talking. At a dinner at Nobu. You just sat in the house. In the house, yeah. All right. Let me. I'm a serial Netflix and chiller, so let me answer that. So it's a real thing, Thank and sometimes you. it's the vibe. Thank you. Because Wait, when you, you come Netflix and chill with me, let me tell you something. Set it out. Oh. I, 
Baby, I lay it out. First of all, it's, no, it's not to be no Alfredo. We either order a lemon pepper wings or pizza. <laughs> Papa John's. <laughs> okay? Also, but no, it's like the vibe. Like, you know, you got some good music. My playlists are legendary. My blunts are legendary. So sometimes, you know, when you're, a, pro, when you're, when you're a working professional, you got all this shit going, you going this way and that way and all over the place. Sometimes you just need to go over a nigga house whose house is clean. Yeah. <laughs> it's not no shit all over the place. You have a little, like, wine. Real. You can talk. And then you can set expectations in the beginning. Like, look, we're both grown. I'm not interested in having sexual relations with you tonight. That's not my expectation. If it happens, then so be it. But that is not my expectation. I would just like to have a good time. And boom, the precedence is set. So now there's, because I think that a lot of that shit comes from no, nobody laying it out and discussing it. So oh, you're I going lay over, it out. But wait, but you're going over somebody's house like thinking, like, am I going to fuck today? Or like, am I going to be required? Like, or is this going to happen? And so there's this question in your mind. But you just lay it out. Look, I don't want to have sex today. You invite me over to Netflix and chill, and that's what I want to do. And then boom. 8.30 tomorrow. You know, that that sounds easier than what it is, uh, because I am a girl with rules. I am a girl that will tell you, will say it like I mean it. Really? And yes, that is why I'm single, because every man that I've dealt with has been... Scared. But there, there's somebody out there who will be able to handle you, who will be attracted to I don't that need attitude. To be handled. That, oh well, yes, oh you do. God, me. That's your problem now. I cannot wait for Shar to fall in love. Everybody, give me snap for Shar to fall. For a plain yellow pumpkin to when that man, a when impossible. that man <laughs> comes into Shar's life, why are you down there? And not her down there. Why are you down there? <laughs> I cannot wait. I'm going to get that phone call. Jace, I'm in love. I love him. What do I do? You know what? I thought I'm I was in, I, I thought I was in love. And those of you who listen to the podcast, there's a right. man that got married on me on my birthday. Don't cry for me. I'm okay today. I still have our text thread and I read it occasionally. I told um, delete the other day. Delete. I can't delete it. Oh. I can't delete it. I just, I'm not ready to let go of him yet. Um, I know. I but he was so supportive. Oh my God, I hate him. I hate hey, him. Hey, wait, so I have a question. I have a question, though. I have a question. For who? For everybody. Okay. So, you know, yesterday we were at uh, the Friend Zone and they talked a lot about relationships you were there as well. Too? Yeah, I was there. I didn't see but you. We hugged did, him. But we. Yeah. But see, we ducked Sorry, out because we took an Uber and we wasn't going to deal with all that surge shit after we was gone. Oh, so we hit it. But know. look, I got a question. So we talk so much about like relationships and like you know, who's compatible with who, but has anybody ever considered or thought about like the possibility that you will not be in a relationship your, your whole life? Yes. And that your your work will be your relationship and you'll just be satisfied, single, guy. You money. know what? And I think that I saw like a meme that I posted in my stories this week too that was like, you know, you become single for so long that you just get into your routine and then you don't need like that additional companionship. Sometimes all you need is like an occasional Netflix and chill and you filled up. Right. Back to work. Literally. Right. Listen. Hello. So... <laughs> So I've, I've recently been going, th I, I talked about this on the show, um, and so a few close friends I've talked to this about because my biggest challenge this year has been trying to find happiness outside of working and outside of being needed. I don't know what that's like. Like, I feel ashamed to say that and a little bit embarrassed. Um, but I, like, I upset my mom. My mom was just here for Easter and we went to brunch and she got so mad at me because I said, listen, 
I'm prepared to be single for the rest of my life. <laughs> she got so pissed. I'm like, this has nothing to do with you. This is all with me. But I real, I truly am. I truly am. I mean, if a relationship's come, if a relationship comes, great. But I won't be, you know, throwing a temper tantrum in my apartment over like I just can't. I just can't. You know what? I kind of had it in my mind that I was going to have my life set by 30. Didn't happen. You gagged. I gagged at 30 in a day, and um, I think I I could now look back and see my behavior and people who I dated, and I was just kind of trying to fill a goal versus actually naturally liking them or wanting to be with them. And uh, it's not TMI. Um, I was planning to spend all of this year single. I'm like, I need a cleanse. I need to like really figure out who Jace is. I need to figure out what that means. I need to figure out why this has been a tumultuous journey through my 20s dating with these niggas. <laughs> um, and I was not planning on meeting somebody. And as soon as I put that, I'm going to be single for, or not, this is a possibility and I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. If I'm single for the rest of my life, I'll be okay. And still now, I'll be okay. If I'm single for the rest Until of my damn life. Until it comes time for assisted living. Because it's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> that's the, I'll that's hire the somebody. Uh, but really, like, you stop looking for that person? Yeah, and I was okay being Jello. by myself. Like, I was not looking for anybody. And I was like, all right. I'm, and to this day, I'm still cool with being single for the rest of my life. Um, but I, need, I had to find someone who enhanced me versus someone who was filling was a slot. Was taking away from you or depleting you of energy. Or just even filling a slot. Yeah. Because they have. Yeah. But just feeling like a picture that I had built in my head about what I wanted in life mm -hmm. versus actually organically getting to know somebody and getting to feel somebody and feel emotionally and physically as well. Um, but yeah, that's... I, I, That's I get a good it. question. Yeah. Most men, like recently, I was I dated and I talked about this. We were on Reveries. Jason and I were on Reverie. They have Out Web Fest, and we were on a panel. And I shout to Reverie. And I spoke to how one day I really did not want to do the show, y'all. Like I did not. It was a Wednesday. Jace came over to my house. I was going through it because someone she that was. I dated was being like emotionally abusive to me, like for real, for real, like in some of the stuff that he he was saying. And, um, but I pushed through it because I felt like I owed it to people who tune in every week to give them my razzmatazz, even if it were forced, and to do the show. But what I'm saying is like with 30 for me, even knowing myself, I like, the last two guys that I entertained were extremely verbally and emotionally abusive to me. And I never thought I'd be that girl. Like, you're not about to talk to me like that. But they were. And they made me feel less than. You know, less than a woman. Less than human a lot of the times. And then, like, I owed them something or I had something to be guilty of, even though they slid in my DMs. And so when Jace came over that day, you remember that Wednesday and who the guest I was? I sure do. The person had just left my house like 20 minutes before you came over and he had screamed at me. A man had never done that to me before. <laughs> like I thought, it's different with you. You were my roommate. This is somewhat like, and that's another thing. That's why I was fearful because I was like, I don't know where this is gonna go because clearly you have a temper that I didn't know about and you just like lost your shit in my, in my place. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not at your house, like we're in my place. And so uh, that has just added on to the extra layer of complication when it comes to dating because you can't weed them out. This isn't Sparkle. You know the older Carrie? sister, what she went through? No, she was in Glitter. Oh, same Sparkle. shit. Sparkle, no, totally different. Totally you all different. know Sparkle. What's Sparkle? 
Jordan Sparkle looks like Dream Girls right? and West Love got to do with it mixed. They yes. remade yes. Sparkle with Jordan. It was Whitney Houston's last movie. Mm-hmm. That's what they remade. And it starred Jordan Sparks. Okay. It was fantastic. It's a great story. And but Glitter was Mariah Carey, right? right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Trash. My bad. Ooh. I like that movie. <laughs> Glitter is a classic. She was terrible. So, um, we're going to head into gender expression. So, I remember one time, maybe a few years ago, I went to an event, and they asked me, where do I, and this is years before Kiss and Tell, um, they asked me where I felt on the spectrum of gender, and I didn't know what the hell they were talking about. I'm like, what do you mean the spectrum of gender? Like, you're either a man or a woman, huh? And over the years, I have learned a lot about non-binary, non-conforming, and I've really educated myself. So my question to you guys now is, where do you, where do you guys fall on the spectrum of gender? Whether that be a one to a 10, or a masculine to a feminine, or a man to a woman, or whatever, however you classify that. Where do you fall on the spectrum? I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 100%. 100%? Yeah. It's annoying, but. <laughs> but it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's annoying, but it is, hashtag. Um, I consider myself androgynous, like I wear makeup, but I dress like a boy, whatever. I love so, androgyny. Right? It's beautiful, right? <laughs> like that, that David Bowie. It's good. You know? It's good. B. Um, Scott. Fluid, gender fluid. Gender so, fluid. Yeah. Nice. I identify as gender nonconforming. Um, one what day, does that mean, by the way? I mean, it just means that like one day you're going to see me looking like a dude, quote unquote, and then another day I'm going to have on heels and a lip. Work. My nails are always done no matter Work. what I have on, although I need to get a fill-in. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like I put on what I feel like putting on that day. Sometimes it's a little bit more femme than, than others, but um, I'm just interested in existing as I, as I feel for that particular day. I wore glitter eyeliner on Pride. You'd be really proud of me. I would. Yeah. I hate eyeliner, like though. I did it myself, It's too close too. to my eyeball. I'd be like, eyeliner? oh, my God, my eyes start watering. I'd be like, oh, my Jesus. I was shocked. <laughs> what about you, Smith? Um, I am a man. Um, I have, like, a funny story about this. So in honor of Father's Day, right? So when I was, like, growing up, not in, like, a abusive way, but my father always used to, like, stand behind me in the mirror, like, while I was getting dressed for school, and he would, like, tap me on the shoulders, and he would say, you are a man. You are a strong man, and you're going to go out and take on the world today. And I would be like, yes, I am. So, yeah, that. I'm a man. I love that. Come on, affirmation. Yes. My dad would have been so disappointed if he would have tried that with me. <laughs> Woo! He would have been upset. So, navigating through life. Baby, he gagged today. I love my dad. Happy today. Father's Day. Yeah. Like, I feel like my dad, my dad is still like, Wow. I have a bad bitch wow, as a first to... child. Yes. Like, wow. Amen. So how has that been kind of navigating through life with people who are ignorant like me three years ago? Like, do you figure oh, yeah, yourself... Yeah, you got checked at USC. I did get checked. By... You don't know that story. So, actually, Pierre was there. Somebody uh, we, checked the fuck out of Jace at, at USC. A 16-year-old checked the fuck out of me. We were at an uh, event for the youth conference, and this girl... Sorry, this... Person, they, person, this me, person, this person in the um, audience said something very intelligent. I was like, okay, Madam President. And she's like, she was I'm the a, president of, of, of the student. They were the president. They were the president of the student, uh, the Gay Straight Alliance at their GSA. school. And I said, okay, Madam President. And she's like, I'm a they. She, they said, I'm a they. 
And I was just like, huh? And I wasn't paying attention before, and Pierre actually jumped in and kind of like navigated the conversation. Yeah. They were they were about to get up yeah. and whoop my black ass. You know the youth, the youth ain't fucking around with us. They, no, the youth, the, or the, the youth marches, generation all types of Z, Twitter and Tide Pod, hashtags. They are not fucking around with us. They are like Trump who we don't care. They we are didn't even vote for him. We're not even old enough yet. Um, but yeah, so how's that been? Difficult kind of navigating, especially for the non-binary, non-conforming. Like, how has that been? I, even outside of dating, just like workplace and having to like exist. I mean, I don't care. Like, I'm not politically correct. I'm not super hypersensitive. Call me bitch. Call me cunt. Call oh, me he. Oh call God. me she. Oh, just keep on calling. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care. <laughs> like all that shit. I'm just not a sensitive person. So I get it. Like this, the struggle of LGBTQ rights and and everything that we've gone through, the progression of everything. I get it. It's still a new narrative for so many different people. So it's like. Because I understand that, what the fuck I look like getting extra sensitive because somebody calls me a pronoun that maybe I don't necessarily identify as. I'm like, I really don't care. Like, it doesn't make me feel any sort of way. So just, you know, like, approach me with respect or don't. If you don't okay. approach me with respect. But do you understand how that could be disrespectful to someone? I absolutely if do. If it's the wrong I, pronoun. I do understand. And, and I'm, hype, I'm sensitive to other people, but I'm not sensitive. I don't identify as being Got sensitive you. myself. Got you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, when you pose that question, I think back to something Shar said, thinking about like safety. Um, I, I have that conversation in my head a lot about just, you know, walking down the street, you know, hoping no one's going to do something or say something or whatever the case may be because they see something that just doesn't make sense to them. Um, and so, um, it's, it's, it's interesting, but you know, I think after a point you just decide that you're going to live your life. And I think it's, it's a matter of faith every day, stepping out the door as your authentic self, no matter what that looks like in the world. Um, and so my, my hope is that, um, so to your point, when I do like public facing things, I, I tell people to use they as a gender pronoun, though I also don't really care. You can call me he, you can call me she, you can call me whatever. Um, but I do it uh, because like I know that I have a privilege going into a lot of spaces where if I have somebody, I tell somebody to uh, refer to me as they, it, it starts to get them and the audience refashioning and reworking their language so that if there is someone who exclusively uses they, you're used to it when you uh, come into contact memory. with them. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, I saw this panel or I heard this podcast with that person from the LA Times who uses they as well. And so I, I like to hope that we are getting to a point where we all aren't looking at they or other pronouns because there's countless other pronouns um, and like yeah there's like Z and Z in Europe and shit like that like it's legal like people you. are out here using Z both X E and Z E as a gender X pronoun your, and it's um, fine on your ID in certain states mm -hmm. I'm still learning a lot but I told you the youth have their foot on my neck on Twitter they do not yeah. let me live yeah. I'm like Listen. I actually got trolled on Twitter um, maybe like a year ago because I was I was saying that if someone presents themselves with a certain gender, yeah. And I love you. You um, missed the mark with that one, no shade. No, but but that's also honestly your question because if I were to go to my dad and be like, "What are your? Are you a she?" He'd probably punch me in the damn face. Like, and well, you wouldn't pose the question saying, "Are you say what is, what's your do you, preferred how do you, pronoun? How do you, but, how do you identify?" I, I understand that, but there's I know there's some people, especially. 
I mean, if someone came up to you, like, what are your pronouns? You'd be like, duh, I'm a dad, I'm a, I'd I'm a laugh. bad bitch. Right, you would laugh. But like, then there's some people woman in front who of you. look like but you I aesthetically do, yes, I do know. who are I like, oh, like. I do know. You, so, like, that's where I was trying to, as, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm privileged but because. But that's, that, that's the way that the culture is shifting now. That, that's just, that's, that's where we're about to be. Right, we all have to get to a point where we are comfortable with somebody asking us how do we identify. And we have to feel comfortable Mm -hmm. saying, knowing that somebody asking us how we identify does not mean that they are negating our manhood or negating our womanhood or our personhood or whatever the case may be. Like, that's the place that we. It's not malicious. Right. You know? Yeah, like you just said, it's not negating any sort of thing you got going on. Yeah, I definitely agree. I I I was just kind of having that question because I know. With specific people who have, especially trans people who have fought mm-hmm. <laughs> to be in their gender, if I'm asking them what is their gender, I can see that as offensive. So well, I didn't really know how to. That's part of that. the argument that's going on right now with the trans umbrella. There's a lot of people under the umbrella. It, the umbrella is wide, mm-hmm. and so uh, there's a lot of conversation regarding uh, reclaiming the word transsexual for binary people and leaving transgender an umbrella for everybody. Because it's a lot of people under the trans asterisk that are not mm-hmm. binary, and there are a lot that are. And so it kind of conflates the top. Like, I know trans women who are frustrated with the way that things are, are going. And, and pe- I could imagine. Yeah, you know, I'm not one of them, but I know a lot that are, so. Um, anyone else want to comment on? I'll comment. Yeah. Um, What's up, Jade? I didn't really deal with any... Huh. All my struggles with gender expression was internal before I moved here. Because before from I where? Mo- from D.C. Okay. So oh, are you from D.C.? D.C. Hi. I'm from Baltimore. Huh? I'm from Baltimore. Come on! How you doing? Baltimore. Um, Baltimore. So before, it was like all internal. But then when I moved here, because before... Back home, I worked for the government. And so when I, you know, I was Hillary Clinton every day, Monday Come on, to Friday... Benefits. I wore the pants, and then my hair was longer too, and I had a perm at the same time. Ooh. So I didn't Dark and really lovely. exactly um, <laughs> motions, motions, yes. motions. And that bright ass yellow, yellow ass bottle, bottle with the purple cap on it. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> Look, I was like B two K in high school. Don't judge me. Ew. Um, so I moved here, and then everyone here, like when they go to work, every the way everybody's dressed now, like y'all could be going to work. Like the dress code here is very, very, very casual, and so that was the first time being in a workplace where I could express my masculinity outwardly, and it was weird. It was almost like I had to come out twice, because my That's real. yeah, because like when you when you look at someone, you you know you kind of come to your own you know assumptions yeah, we all about have them. our preconceived yeah. whatever. Yeah. And to me, I feel like I'm pretty obvious. I feel like I'm obviously gay, but a lot of people don't think that way. And my boss thought he my boss thought I was straight. And then the first day I came in, this is a long story, but <laughs> the, my first day I came in, um, I had on just like I think I had on like a hoodie or something. It was trash. I had like a hoodie and a hat. And um, that's trash. Well, I just, I, 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 the workplace. I took the casual dress code thing <laughs> a little too seriously. Like <laughs> yeah, like I got too, too comfortable too, too quick. And uh, that's when we had the conversation where he was like, oh, I thought you were straight. And then like, you came in today and I was like, oh, 
I guess I was wrong. Inappropriate. But why does it even but matter it in the workplace? It, I know it wasn't. Right. Yeah, it wasn't I know like it wasn't. We, were, we were just you talking. Fall a complaint. That conversation yeah. wouldn't have lasted in 2018, yeah. honey. And I used to get when I, especially when I cut my hair short, and that happened here. It wasn't until I understood the plight of a lot of trans people because I used to get really mad at people like service people that would assume that I was a guy mm. and I would now be real quick to correct them but knowing where we are California is a very liberal state especially here in LA and so when they kind of make that assumption I stop thinking that it's always out of malice maybe it's because they yes. you know maybe they think I'm trans or whatever it is you know depending on you know what their understanding of what that is so I stopped taking that as an insult and just taking it as okay I can do both. It is. Yeah. Teachable moments when you feel like it. I always say Google's free. Um, so oppression Olympics. How do you all actively combat when you, like I said, when you feel like it? Because Google is free. And I think it's safe to assume that everybody, whether you identify as LGBT or not, in some way or another has faced someone who has tried to devalue your experience based on a hierarchy of oppression. That's what I mean by oppression Olympics. Like, we see it all the time on Twitter. Who's been through worse? Yes. Don't compare the black struggle to the gay struggle as if to suggest right. black gay people don't exist. Right. So, how do, you, uh, how do you all actively combat that? When you, when you choose to, because I know that I have an aunt. Oh, she's so problematic. God <laughs> bless her heart. Um, and, and we go head to head a lot of the time because she's conservative and Christian. But she had, like, I know her tea. That's the thing. You know when you reach a certain age and people mm. get to bumping gums? I know, like, I could ruin her. But, I, you know, I just choose. I, I, Yo, auntie. <laughs> As hard as she has trolled me sometimes, I literally had to pull her aside on Christmas. And I had to tell her, listen, I'm not interested in having a contentious conversation with you, okay? <laughs> but what we not about to do <laughs> is keep misgendering me in my mama's house. And my argument was that if my parents, mm -hmm. if mama's the two house. people who actively were involved in creating me are, can, get, can get information. I don't see why you struggling so hard, sis. I don't see why it's so hard for you because she is petty and she will misgender me and be like, oh, I'm sorry, she, she. Like it's so intense. Oh, I'm getting mad thinking about it. I just want to <laughs> fuck her up one time. So the question is. So the question is, yes. And what's sad is we were really close when I was younger. Um, but as I got I older, <laughs> you know, you know how things go, you know. Um, but she's the one person in my family that I say, like there are aunts that will talk behind my back. And within my transition, I've shared this, that I was surprised that most of my uncles were on board. I thought my uncles were gonna be the one that gave me a hard time. But no, it's some of my aunts that I just wanna just, you know, maybe put a pin in their tire or something. That actually doesn't surprise me. But I'm saying what I was expecting, yeah. going, knowing my family, what I was expecting going into it. And so, yeah, so she is someone who, um, who's offline, I should say, because most, most people that meet me with unnecessary aggression are online, on Twitter, or my YouTube comments. Oh God, I talked about Keisha Cole and someone threatened to drag me through the jungle or whatever, I don't know. This is back when she burst in Birdman's house and assaulted that woman. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm talking about whether it be in real life or online, how do you all combat people who try to devalue your experience and play oppression Olympics on your time? I remember when I was um, around the time of uh, the, the 
the jury decision around uh, the guy who killed Mike Brown, I was covering the different protests that were happening here. Um, and the day after the decision came out, there was an organizing situation happening in Lamert Park, and they sent me out there. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm always a, a visibly queer person. And this guy there who uh, had uh, bad dealings with the, the main organizer there, he just started like going off of, about the state of the black man, right? Um, and he was just like, and he was just like, you know, just yelling out to literally nobody, you know, the black man is so oppressed and he needs to be uplifted. I got four jobs, I'm about to go to my third job right now. And like the police are out here, the white man are out here trying to hold us down. And then he turns to me, uh, mind you, I'm, I'm reporting, I'm doing my job. And he turns to me and he's like, these faggots like this motherfucker getting bent over by these white policemen and shit like that. Now. What in the hotel? Um, now, I, I didn't respond or say anything because I had a coworker there as well who's not black or queer or anything. And I was like, you know what? I'm, mm, I don't know how she's gonna like take this back to you know the, the powers right. that be. Um, right. But there's like a number of situations like that that I've been in where where uh, for me it's always black and straight black men um, who who want to hello uh, who think that somehow. I can't fight for the black experience as well as the queer experience at the same time. Um, and, you know, I often hear um, people always say that, you know, you can't hide your blackness, but you can hide your queerness. But for somebody, for me, I like, I can't hide my queerness. Like, I'm just living. This is how, you know, I believe well, that I should be expressing to? myself. Right. But there's a lot of people out here who feel like, you know, you know, you can hide your queerness. And, you know, and we all be like, I'm you black first. You can tone first. it down just a little right. bit. And people be like, you know, I'm black first. And it's like, no, I'm actually black and queer at the same time. Like, there is no first. They are not Right? Because when and where I enter into the room, right, so does all of my identities at the Hello. same time. Right? That's a little, you know, black feminist theory for those of you who caught it. Um, uh, and it's, so it's just interesting, you know, having those types of conversations with people um, and, and trying to bring them along um, and tell them that, you know, actually, I'm, I'm here for you. I just need you to also be here for me. And, like, I find a lot of times that that's not, that reciprocity is absolutely there. right. You're absolutely right. I wrote an article once upon a time that was titled, Black is Beautiful Unless You're Gay. And it was basically kind of talking about how there was another article too that came out. This I've been called nigga. Wait, I've been called faggot more than nigga. Before I was called nigga. Is that what it's called? I think that's what it is. It was a while ago. He was saying I, w I was called faggot way before I was called right. a nigga. And it's kind of dealing with the experiences. Ugh, I hate the, saying. I mean context, um, but it was kind of a thing where dealing with black culture as well as dealing with gay culture. Because LGBT, I think people have kind of categorized that into one thing, but and it, it is very, very, very different. I'm not with, I don't watch a RuPaul's Drag Race, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize, it does nothing for me. Right, Look, that show is bomb. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I'm sure it's great, it's just not for me. Makes and me that's sad. okay. Um, but a lot of people associate these different pedestals mm -hmm. as all-encompassing for the gay community. Right. For example, like when I first started dipping dabbing in gayness, I thought gay was WeHo and the Abbey. But it took a long time Ooh, for me to- Ooh, the ghetto. Ooh, the racism. No, 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 no. 
<laughs> the Shut racism, up, the drugs. So but really, like that's what I thought it was. Like, oh, gay is going to the club and partying and being like forever young until you die. Like, I really thought that what gay was, but I did not know until later on that there's a whole, there's a variety of even in black gayness. Gay a per- like, you can be a person and be. Yeah, but I didn't under, I didn't grasp that concept. I just really thought like, all right, well, I'm giving up my wife and my baby and my kids, so I guess I'm going to be drunk until I'm 50 and die. Out here in fist pump. Wow. Oh, okay. Shut your mouth. I've right. never done that PP. Um, oh, wow. Jeez. But that's Pierre Phipps. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was just kind of like commenting on like how that has been a challenge for me, you know, dealing with the black community, especially the black church community kind of condemning me. I'm like, y'all been oppressed before. Y'all know what it feels like. So why the but hell But the you oppressed love me? doing the oppressing. Right. They do. That's just what mm-hmm. it is, and I know that I've been had to, I've had to have been checked in the past because I do mm-hmm. like what uh, Travell mentioned. There's a certain amount of privilege, like how you have access to certain spaces. I too have access to certain spaces. I enter restrooms, and there's no hoopla. Like, and I and I know and I know that there are binary trans women who do not have. Um, as easy, I'm not going about saying that, oh girl, I'm unclockable, but what I'm saying is I don't ever get challenged in certain spaces. You know, I'm not misgendered, you know. I mean, at the workplace, yeah, they, you know, they got their questions and Google is there. Um, But I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that that privilege that I have to go into certain spaces and, and, and walk down the street a lot of times and not be harassed. If anything, my experience is annoying catcallers or men that, I mean, out here they're wild. You know, they'll grab themselves, they'll expose themselves, it's a lot. Um, and so and so I, for one, when it comes to oppression Olympics, when I feel like it, I make sure that I come to, come to the table from a more academic standpoint. Because when I come with a more academic standpoint, it allows me to remove a lot of my emotion from it. Because I've learned that when I argue or have conversation and I get emotional, it, we really don't go anywhere. But coming from it with a, a textbook, right. you know, approach kind of keeps me level-headed. Mm-hmm. And, and girl, I, I these also, facts are facts. I also know? find that that is, uh, that the people I'm speaking to are also a lot more receptive to statistics and studies and all that stuff as yes. opposed to my personal experience. If they're receptive at all. Right. Because a lot of people are not interested in hearing anything you have to say. Mm-hmm. They're just interested in berating and disrespecting you, in my experience. Right. Right. Um, people be tripping. Yes, they do. <laughs> like, Worry about yourself. Like, I deal with so much weird shit, like in the bathroom. It's so weird. Like, I go into oh, a yeah. women's bathroom. I was just in Michigan. Last week, and I was like in, yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> I was yep, concerned. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, she gonna make it to the panel or not? And I was in Michigan, where I'm from, is is, is pretty conservative part. It's 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 coming along. I went to a, a black owned vegan restaurant in Grand Rapids, and I was so excited. Shout out to vegan. vegan. I tipped them heavily. You know, like I'm You're so ha- um ish. You know, I, I like we to all eat are. Clean, you know, until you're drunk. But at you know, three a.m. <laughs> so Treat I want me. some chili cheese fries. Or sh- no. <laughs> I want a taco. <laughs> I want one now. Okay. So I was in the bathroom, and this um, Caucasian woman came in there, and she looked at me, and she looked embarrassed, like for me, and she was like, "Oh, I think you're in the wrong bathroom. I think you need to mind your damn business." <laughs> That's what I think. And so I looked at her, and I was like, "How am I going to deal with this? Either I'm going to embarrass you and read the fuck out of you, because bitch, who the fuck is you, or..." 
I'm going to just chill and not react because, you know, right. You know, I'm like, you ignorant and you don't know. And maybe I could be the change for you so you would never, you know, say no stupid shit like that ever again. And it was a, it was a, it was a upper class, like, white restaurant. I'm like, no, I, said, I, th- I think I'm in the right bathroom. Are, are you in the right bathroom? And she's like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I, yeah, I didn't just know. Go, just I didn't go know. pee and mind your damn business. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I think, I think we're in the right place together. I think we're in the same, I think we're okay. She's like, and Bitch. And this is why, that's the same reasons why I advocate for gender neutral restrooms, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I go, to, I go to both restrooms, depending on how... The, li- the line? The, the, depending on the line. Because the, the, the guy's bathroom Honestly, line is like this, and the bitch bathroom line Honestly, all the way back there. Bras and bathrooms are like my worst enemy. <laughs> no one prepared me for this when I, when I first started hormone replacement the therapy. Oh my God, I hate bras. And then it's always like the bathroom line is out right. the door. Oh, the odors. I'm just, I'm old. But the, the, <laughs> the interesting thing I for literally me, hate it. the interesting thing for me is when I'm, when I'm dressed like this and I have on heels, if I do go to the men's restroom, you know, and I'm standing at the, the urinal, everybody looking at me like I'm crazy. Work. They're like, oh shit, there's a bitch in the, in the, in the restroom. Cream. Then I turn around, they're like, oh, they see my stubble and they're like, Oh, okay, my bad, bro. My bad, bro. Uh, and so it's just inter- I hate bathrooms. Just, just let like, pee. just let us pee. Yeah. Pissing. You're all out of bodily waste. Like, why is that well, such you know, a that, big concern? That's always the argument, especially when it came to trans people. And you know that damn North Carolina, North Carolina. Um, because people never really factored in trans. Like, there's an erasure of trans men in the mm-hmm. narrative for whatever reason. And so I felt like it was weaponized. Like, we don't want trans women. My daughter. And it's like no one ever said anything. Like, trans men do exist. Right. Like, you know, but it, it, it immediately made trans women these sort of, like, predators. And I can kind of attest to that because in college, I identified before I knew the language or saw Janet Mock, shout out to my sis, um, and really saw myself and, and knew who I was, um, I was gender nonconforming. So I had uh, uh, experiences like that with heels, full-on heels, in the men's restroom, which was always interesting. In yes, shout out to Derek. Or house to Darion, which one? I feel like it's house, worse for y'all because you guys are in the male bathroom and, and guys are way more, like the female that came at me. She was like, "I think you're in the wrong bathroom." I'm like, "All right, bitch," but like guys, they're no, so much men, more aggressive. Men, no, I don't know. Is that no? Not in, not in my no? experience. No, in my experience, when I was an undergrad, I was in a conservative area. I was in Oklahoma City. And, uh, and I went to whatever bathroom I wanted to. And for the most part, I was like, it was like sexual stuff, honestly. No guy was ever like, like it was like sexual advances they would make to me in the restroom. It was That's never weird. like, what the hell are you doing in here? I'm gonna beat your ass. It was like, it was like, what's up? You pee and go. What's up? And so, well, yeah. Have y'all seen women's restrooms before? Like, it was like couches and like vanity mirror. I'm just like, there is a lounge. Lotion. There is a lounge. I'm just like, you're ever getting pretty. That's why the lines oh gosh, be the so one, long. Right. We the got one ice in the, the tub. So no, the Tampons, one in dental floss. We all types right. of shit in there. Nordstrom women's restroom is one of the best I've ever been in. Oh my gosh, those couches yes, are so comfortable. Yes. <laughs> They'll have O Magazine and people. And but what, just, would, what would be the purpose of sitting at the couch in the bathroom? To wait for your homegirl to finish doing what she gotta the breast do. Breastfeed? I don't know. I can't. So we're gonna open up uh, 
for questions from... Wait, before we do, do we have time? What do you mean, do we have time? Oh, yeah, we can go ahead and do... Because I was going to do... Uh, oh, Rapid Fire? Yeah. Uh, SBC? Uh, we'll, we'll take three questions. Do y'all have questions? Oh, yeah, we do. We have hands. Um, all right, so, PP, I'm going to let you... Actually, you have to come up, because we don't have a wireless mic this time. Sorry, Ronnie. You're loud. Use your outside voice. We can hear you, beloved. Talk to us. We appreciate you. So, my question is, so, Samantha Dane says I have a severe blocking disorder. And what that means on my social media, you know, the social media world is still kind of new to me. And with my business, with me being a male, in the skincare industry that's so dominated by females, I encounter a lot of um, tension, pretty much. Mm. Tension and... Beat their ass. You can't. Do that. You can't. Oh shit. Women. <laughs> okay, so because this is being recorded, his question is: How do you deal with, I guess, competitors or people who try to step on your toes and, and swagger jack you? In your industry. With your with, right, with your energy. Right. Uh, I mean, industry. industry. Sorry, I've been drinking. So, listen. We know. Um, so, for myself, the way that I've looked at this uh, is that there's enough out here for everyone. And people, what I've learned with, since I've been here, I've been here for four years as of Friday. And what I have learned is that if people are disingenuous with their approach, if they see you doing body butters, and I'm like, oh, that's a cute way to make a coin, and they decide to invest in it, Nine times out of 10, they're not gonna see the finish line because they're in it for the wrong damn reasons. So it'll be different things with quality control, customer service, so people will fall off. I, I see this all the time, whether it's YouTube, podcasting, this shit is a lot of work. And I'm sure what you do is a lot of work. And so I, wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't worry about it because even if they do stand by, like let's say that they wanna pick up the body butters and they stand by that, there is enough out here for everyone you have been here longer than they have, so you've carved out your audience, you know what I'm saying? Like you've carved out the people who are gonna buy from you. And I, I honestly wouldn't worry about it because to me that's just wasted energy, misguided energy that you could be focusing on doing something else to better expand your brand. Yeah, and definitely register your shit. Like, you know, I've, yeah, well, yeah I've no tried to pilot. No one's gonna steal his name. Not the name, but like the concepts and stuff. Cause like, for example, like I shot a pilot, which is, I mean, the story is not very specific, but I registered the script to the uh, WGA so that that script is my script. And if anybody should duplicate that, I have something to say and prove. So definitely get involved like your legally. Recipe, if you yeah. have like a, a, sp a specific recipe, but I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't worry about it because like I said, if they're in it for the wrong reasons, they're not Do gonna it last better. anyway. I'm gonna I'm say this, people can, people can copy your shit they can be in your likeness, but they can't copy your experience. So if you create an experience for people that is not like anybody else's experience, then 
people are gonna come back and reciprocate that feeling because people, everybody loves to have that, you know, that feeling. And if you can create that, like they said, customer service and some type of experience, I don't know, maybe you know, follow up, I don't know, add something else to your product that can create that experience for people because that's how I feel. An when, incentive, when I, a rewards program. Simple. Exactly. Something simple that makes people come back for your brand that nobody else can, can uh, duplicate. Swing. Smile and walk away. I don't block people, so I wouldn't know. Unless you call me names. Smile and walk away. I think uh, it's important too. I was gonna oh, say I no, think it's important too when you're talking about like your business and like things that um that like your product or whatever. I think it's important to keep in mind like one, your quality is like most important. Like they everybody have said, like if you're just kind of getting into it, you're not really gonna be uh, your have your mind on quality, but quality is important. But also like for everybody, like in business, doing any type any any type of field, I think it's important to innovate, constantly innovating, innovating, innovating. Because skincare, I'm sure like every other field is completely oversaturated so we always have to find ways to do something new and do something that nobody else is doing because people are always copying also um something that i'll add is that all this you know and i don't mean this in the twitter way like oh this is a distraction um but this is literally a distraction um there's going to be a lot of shit that, that i mean i feel like any creative or anybody trying to do anything that they own you're going to run into a lot of bullshit you're going to run into a lot of people that try to do business with you and they really just want to ruin you and take all your money like there's lots of little shit Welcome like that to Hollywood. exactly to get you know wrapped up in if this you know homegirl is stealing your shit um all she's completely reliant on you meaning that she doesn't have anything of her own that she can branch off and do on her own. So either way, whether you pay attention or not, you're still gonna, actually no, I'm not gonna say that. If you do pay attention to her or him or they, whatever it is that they're doing, it's gonna distract you from going about your own creative process and cultivating products that are actually good, that people, the fact that people even want to steal your ideas or your recipes, whatever it is, like that shows that you're doing something right. So whatever you were doing before, you throwing Jesus. stuff sorry. at Shaking the table. Wise in here. Um, sorry. What uh, whatever. <laughs> You're fine. You're dry. No. Oh no. I thought thought like a bracelet or ring or something. I didn't no, know. No, that was oh, beer. No. Definitely not. I a didn't ring. know. Um, yeah. yeah. Just whatever you were doing beforehand, before you learn this information about this person, just keep doing that. Next question. Thank you. Yeah. Project. Do you want a mic? Do you want a mic? Okay. okay. Your brother? Yeah. It happens. Okay. It happens. Done and said, I don't think 
personally, but I just think they're a bigger issue in my community, so I feel like it's my diligence to kind of let them know, like, it's a problem, but I don't want to be overly sensitive in any way. So, like, how do you guys navigate with family? That maybe seems, like, a little problematic. I think tone plays a big role in this um, because there have been times where family members or even friends have said things that are extremely ignorant and that's what it is, they don't know. And so I have had to kind of, all right, well, let's backtrack. What you said is an issue and this is why. And so I think explaining things, and it sucks, like Sharhe trans one-on-one, I'm a little bit more lenient with people and their ignorance, um, but. I'm not. She's not, but I am. And I will sit there and have a conversation and explain to you why it is what you're saying is an issue. And I'll, I'll give you a dissertation. It is exhausting, but a lot. Of, but the world's catching up. Like you know, I got dragged on Twitter for the you know that that tweet. Um, but you just, I'm not gonna say be patient, but I think tone just plays a big role in it. And also your family, those are just people in your life. They're, if your brother has an issue and is hanging a bunch of homophobic shit, it's okay to block him. To be honest. Well, Well, just anybody, like a cousin or whatever. Like, if, there, if someone has an issue with you and saying some problematic shit, it's okay to block them because you don't want them in your life. And, you know, I am big on tribes and just kind of having people around you, whether they be family, blood, or friendship, those are people that you want to be around. And a lot of times, we are put in a position where, okay, your family, you have to love them. You have to say this. And it's like, uh. Steal your brother. That's still your brother. And I'm like, okay, that's cute and all, but like, nah, they're trash. My brother's and toxic. So, <laughs> Right. I'll um, just add, I think, for, like, for me, I, I give everyone in my family one chance. I give them one chance to say something wrong or problematic, and then I, I tell them, hey, that's a problem for X, Y, Z reasons. And then it's like, if you come back to me with the same bullshit, then we've got a problem. Yeah. Because, like, you, you now know you're no longer ignorant. You now know, and you're still doing it. You so that's actively how actively choosing to disrespect right. me. That's like me with my aunt. She's, <laughs> no, seriously, she's that type of one. Like, I have, I have talked to her, you know, in the past. And so Christmas was a little, it did get a little spicy. She was in the, she was in the restroom for seven minutes. Everybody's like, where does she go to that? She's in the restroom. I just had a conversation with, being dramatic, you know. And then I, I just add, I think you can also tell when people are, are working to better themselves. You can tell when someone, you know, uh, uh, is, is, Genuinely stumbling over pronouns because yes. they're 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 and when working. they're being an asshole, right? And you it. can tell when they're being an asshole. You can tell when they're being yeah. homophobic or transphobic just to do it. But is he receptive to when you correct him? Okay. It's a chore. Welcome to being a minority. That's not your cross to bear. You already told him what time it is, and if he cannot adhere to that, then you do whatever you want to with it. If you choose to block him, then he's blocked for the time being. I'm sure he won't be blocked forever, but he is blocked for the time being because he cannot, you've already expressed, like you said, you've expressed countless times what you have issue with, and he just chooses, he's actively choosing to ignore it, to think that, you know, I guess he can kiki with you. And so. Jade has something to say. Blood to me doesn't mean anything, um, literally nothing, because I've had uncles, like I was 10 and you're asking me for money. So like you don't, you clearly don't use your brain. 
Where were so, you working at 10? Woo! <laughs> but exactly, like, that's my point. Like, oh, wow. family members will be the first ones to fuck you up or, like, to put you in a bad situation and then blame, well, we sisters or we're brothers or I'm your uncle. Nigga, I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm kind of like you, I'll give you, like, one chance and I'll let you know, and after that point... It is what it is. We don't need to talk. We're not friends anyway. I only see you and I'm obligated to anyway. So that we can just keep it keep it this way. But I'm also like I can be in a place with a bunch of people that I don't like and be fine. You may not be that type of person. I don't know. I think for me too, uh, I'm gonna play like devil's advocate a little oh. bit because I am actually very close to my family and I love my family. And I think hearing you, I, I got that you were very close to your family. And I think it's so easy because we're like sometimes the black sheep in our family when we're gay or whatever that- That we, gay cousin? Uh, right. I think that we, we have that built sense of sensitivity to like our experiences. But I think it's important to lead with like, um, empathy because I think there have been times where I've crossed lines with my, my family as well. Where I, like, you know, I've called my brother. My brother was like always bigger than me. So I was always calling him fat growing up. And that was like a, that was a thing for him. And I'm like, oh, whatever, you know, it's just whatever, that oppression Olympics thing. Right. So, you know, I felt like entitled or like privileged to do that. So I think it's just important that we, that, that we realize it kind of goes both ways, but also understanding, you know, for me, I, I don't share that thought where like, you know, family ain't shit because my family has been the shit to me. My family has okay. supported me. My family has been there for me. And, you know, when something goes wrong, I'm calling my parents. You know, I'm, I'm, if I go to jail, I'm gonna use my one call on my parents. So, you know, I need to keep that, that open, but also just realizing if you're in the space where people, they are receptive to you and they are accepting of you, you know, sometimes it's okay to let a few things you know, slip under the radar when you understand that. Like, my, my dad is over 50. He's problematic. Like, he's a pastor Everybody, and he's problematic. Yeah. He's, yeah, a, yeah. he's problematic. Like, there's, I, I'm not going to tell y'all what he'd be saying, but he's Sorry, problematic. Dad. And I think that we, we Happy hello, we over right. 50 black from the Midwest. It's kind yes, of problematic. So it's like know. some things I can't even, like, some things are not, some things that he says that's problematic is not even related to LGBT anything. And I'm like, dad, now you know better. You shouldn't be saying that. Right. So I think we just have to, like, leave with that empathy and that, that knowledge in mind that, you know, your family's not trying to hurt you and they're not trying to destroy you, in, in my case. So and he might feel that he has, like, creative license to joke with you in that way because you're his brother. Like, I would, like, maybe he wouldn't throw that joke out to a random person or anybody, like, in class, but because you're his brother, it's like, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. We have time for one more question. Chris. Oh. Let's do two more. <laughs> two more, but quick answers. Two more, but quick answers. Three. Uh, <laughs> Two more, but quick answers. I think that's Kyle, I see. Hi, Kyle. So you said something, you said something really... Um, Who's you? Chase? Yes, Chase. Oh, okay, hi. Um, when you said that your first perception of gay lifestyle was you go to the Abbey and you party with the Italians. Uh -huh. So, <laughs> what I, the question that I have is there aren't, and I've actually talked to this with a lot of older Come to Kiss and Tell. <laughs> um, I think that personally nowadays it's a lot more, it's important to 
and brunch. Honestly, no, brunch is actually great because brunch gives you the opportunity to be in your community outside of a club or the Abbey or the Rage or whatever and just have a conversation. You're drunk, there's still alcohol involved, um, but it gives you a chance to have great conversations. Uh, I, nowadays, especially with marriage being legal as of the past, what, three years? It's been a while. It's been a, it's been a few years. Um, I think that now that just kind of was a switch in people's heads that, oh, it's possible to have a family and a kids and marriage. And I think representation in the media as well kind of has geared and geared that culture to being more at home. It's definitely more white dominated right now. I will say that. Um, Because they get tired, they the last two standing. <laughs> they look to their left and their right, might as well. Let's get married. I was also gonna say, you know, that That's problematic. That's problematic. As fuck. <laughs> I said what I said. Yeah, but I, think, I mean, I think too, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to get married by 25 and have Woo! all this. I mean, how old were you when you had me? In your late 20s? Late, late 20s. Late, late 20s. I could not imagine having a child right now. Are you Hell fucking kidding no. me? And so she, I think now <laughs> with the culture and the lifestyle that we're able to kind of like live our own lives and get married or have that relationship, whatever, when we want to, when we're ready. If you want to party to the age of 45 and be that, that's you. That's okay. That's your life. But I think now we kind of have the opportunity and the I'm, – I'm big on media. That's what I went to school for. Representation is very, very pivotal. We kind of have that guide, – not guidance, but that example that we can have. And so that was kind of the switch in my head. Noah's Ark was pivotal for me. So I was like, oh, I could see these – Maybe not healthy. In contrast to Queerest Folk on Showtime. I never watched that shit. Shout out to um, Brian and Justin. I watched it. It was good. It is At good. The, for sure. the time being. It's good. Um, but yeah, I think that whenever you're ready, you're ready. And I think that the LGBT community has kind of created their own path as individuals. So like, you know, if you want to get married at 45, sure. If you want to get married at 50, if you never want to get married, if you want to be Samantha Jones to the age of 60, go and fuck everybody in the West Hollywood. Oh, wow. And that's just your life. And that's fine. But I think that now we kind of have to really curate our existence. Be an individual. Mm -hmm. I think we have to be intentional about creating spaces outside of the clubs that feed us, right? And so, like, I was a part of this group a couple years ago. They called it the Moonlight Collective. And so it was, like, black queer folk who were, like, educated and interested in, like, having deep conversations. Yes. It was a very small group. The majority of the people in the group went to UCLA, um, and I was only part of it because my roommate was at UCLA. But it was a, a group of, of black, queer, primarily male-identified folk who were not interested in the WeHo scene, and they were interested in having deep conversations about like black feminist theory and politics and all this extra shit. Um, and so it was, but it was important for us to come together once a month 
where we could just chill. No one was trying to fuck anybody in the group. We all were just, you know, had some wine. We had conversations about what was going on in the media or whatever the case may be. And it was just, it was that one space that we had where you were social, you could make connections, you could invite somebody or whatever the case may be. But it wasn't about drinking necessarily or drugs or WeHo or whatever the case may be. So I think we've got to be intentional about creating those spaces for us that allow us to exist beyond what the stereotype of our, our life is supposed to be. Come to kiss and tell. I would also say, look what's already out there. Like, go on Eventbrite and type in, like, black, comma, gay, comma. Like, whatever. Yeah, like a meetup or whatever. Like, I feel like a lot of the stuff, like, you have to really search for it. Because if nobody was following any of us up here, like, this is a safe space for a lot of, like, black and queer people. Or just, like, anybody queer, honestly. Or anybody, period, whatever. (laughs) But, like, you'd have to, like, look it up to be able to even know about it in the first place. We have time for one more question. I'm gonna. I want to give a shirt, my Flint can't drink tears shirt for the next oh. question that we decide to um, pick. So yeah, I'm doing a fundraiser, Flint can't okay. drink tears, and 10% of all of you beautiful people that came tonight is gonna be donated to my nonprofit. Thank you. Um, for Flint can't drink tears. So the next person that you guys decide, I want to give you a T-shirt. Cause they still ain't got clean water. They still don't got clean water, guys. All right. So quick question from. Yeah. Yeah. You. Hell yeah. If I did not, I would be in Puerto Rico right now, chilling. But now I'm here hosting panels. Just joking. Having fun. Wait, what what was the question? Have you found purpose in your LGBT existence? I have. And I'll say that I have. Um, Well, gifts seem strong. I don't know what, what the fill-in would be, but like an equivalent, but like a little less. Um, I would, because uh, through the condo, so I make videos on YouTube, and I do a lot of comedy, and then you would, and because it's so impersonal, like I'm in my room by myself, or in my apartment by myself recording, and then you know I see how people respond in the form of comments, or a social media post, whatever it is. But it's interesting when I come out of my house and I bump into people and literally because of how I identify is what made them a a supporter in the first place. It's because it's like first step is okay, why or what is it about this person that I can connect with? Maybe it's because we're both the same sexuality or we have the same you know type of history, whatever the case is, but that is almost like the foundation, at least for me creating videos online, that has been the foundation of why I'm able to connect with people in the way that I can because this is a perspective, the black queer perspective is new to a lot of people and it's new in the, when it comes to the landscape of media and so, when you're able to see someone who looks like you or has the same, a similar experience as you and say, I support what you're doing and I love this and I think that this is great, it almost opens up the scope of, of like just leaders out there that we, can, that we didn't realize that we could have in the first place. 
I have to piggyback off of what Jade just said, because for me, it's been that same thing. Um, in a lot of places where I've had uh, kitchen table talk type conversations, it's been like gay men or cis black women that have kind of come to me with the, hmm, I never thought about it that, you know, like that way type thing. But as far as like, just having a media presence, whatever you wanna call it, whatever that might be through Instagram and YouTube and podcasting. Um, there've been a lot of young ladies, a lot of young trans women that have kind of flocked to me, like, like 17, and it's a lot of pressure because I'm like, listen, honey, I'm a hot mess. Are you sure you wanna listen to me? Um, and men are trash. Uh, but, uh, they, it, it, it can add a, a bit of pressure, but it's also reaffirming that, okay, you can, that random story that I told, you somehow found relatability in that. So it, it gives me a sense of purpose, you know? Um, but yeah, it happens all the time on Twitter with like people in high school. I'm like, why are you listening to this show? It's a mess. What about you guys? I, I agree, I get a lot of DMs. I get a lot of people that hit me up and like, I'm just, you know, floored. And I look up to you just for being unapologetic. And I think there's a strength in being unapologetic because there's so many people out there that can relate to who you are as an individual that maybe aren't, you know, as proud or are hiding behind, you know, a stigma or stereotype. Or in Dubuque. Absolutely, right. or getting shunned by their parents or, you know, find strength in you. So I think it's, I think it's a dope thing to be unapologetic. And you asked that question, so I'm gonna give you the shirt too. Aww. For me, I, um, I recently, um, I'm loosely paraphrasing, but I, I recently saw a quote it wasn't even actually a quote, it was an interview with James Baldwin and it was a white guy interviewing him and the white guy asked him, he was just like, you know, you, you would think like looking at yourself, you're black, you're homosexual, you're a homosexual and you're impoverished. Like, have you ever thought like, why me? And he was just like, I mean, I, I thought I hit the jackpot. And I think that as LGBT people, we control so, so much of the narrative. We control the culture, we create the culture, we create the art, we are the culture. And I think that when we start identifying that, you know, we are creating the culture. When you, when you think of our faves, our Beyonce's, like, you don't think, you gotta know she got, she talking to some gay people on her, on her team. We're creating, oh, we're creating the culture, and this, and, this is not, and this is not anything that is new. This has been happening, and so I think that when we realize that beyond our platforms and our social media, just the fact that we are indeed creating the culture, that gives, that gives you a value. And what, I, what I've also been talking about, like just thinking of uh, watching Pose and thinking about like Paris is Burning, when you think of like those girls that were saying like, when I, when I, uh, I'm, I'm gonna get rich and I'm gonna be on the red carpets. Or I, I'm gonna be an actress. I'm gonna win an award. And you watching and you're, you thinking in your mind that will never happen. This is the '80s. You're a black or brown, queer or gay person. You're never gonna be on the red carpet. You're never going to be a, an award winner. You're gonna be at the ball, and that's where you're going to. That's where you're gonna Winning be. Winning your, your awards your, there. Yeah, that's what it's gonna be. But now. 30 years later, we have that representation on the red carpet. We have gay people that are winning the awards. And so we're really standing on the shoulders of the people that could not do it. So I think part of our responsibility is to pick up that baton and find the value in ourselves and make it happen. It is what it is. It's not going nowhere. They so crawled so we could it. walk. What did you say? They crawled so we could walk. Amen. Hello, seriously. Amen. We're standing on their shoulders, so we have that responsibility. Cool. Did you want to say anything, Trevor? I just add. I mean, uh, yes, being, I knew it. Being, <laughs> being a, a, a journalist, um, and I, I said this on my episode, but like, 
there's a certain idea of, of what we think of what a journalist looks like, um, and I don't fit that. Um, and I, I find, to your point, I was watching Pose as well, yeah. and, and the line that MJ Rodriguez mm -hmm. says is that uh, I will never be on a red carpet or whatever the case may be, but like, I think like, I work red carpets. Janet Mock walks red yes. carpets. Lena Waithe walks red carpets, yes. et cetera, right? And so it's just so amazing how I think all of us, and even those all of you, when living your, your authentic lives and being your unapologetic selves, we become possibility models for the next generation. We are part of this community of people who are showing people that like of different ages, there, there are people older than us, right, who still have yet to be uh, able to unlock the, the deepest and truest parts of themselves and let it show to the rest of the world. And we become possibility models for them. So I think it's important for us to realize that you don't even have to have a major platform. You don't have to be verified on any of the social media apps. You don't have to be doing anything. But you walking down the street and just living your life and getting it is, is inspiring to somebody to somebody who's gonna somebody. see that. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Well, round of applause, please. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so this has been our maybe like ninth Kids and Tell show. Naturally, this has been going on for since 2015, uh, February 11th, 2K15. And once again, I'm blown away by the panel and Char as well. Um, so we thank you so much for yes, thank you guys. taking your time out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's very important. And I kind of like what Kyle was saying with the question, like, do we need to create these spaces? And that was really the initiative. I started Kiss and Tell. You know, someone called me a mean girl of West Hollywood. And I was like, what the fuck is that? I have a brain, too. And I was like, You're not wrong, me. but. You're not wrong. <laughs> I have a brain, I mean, too. Right. I can multitask. Um, but I wanted to create a space uh, called Kiss and Tell where we were able to like just have an honest conversation. And Char, actually I'll get to that later. Um, panel, give them a round of applause, please. Thank you. Are there gifts? <gasps> They're bags. What do you got? We got good. Yeah, come on, Chandler. This is Chandler. Come by on, the Chandler. Way. Give it up for Chandler. Yes. Okay. Like this shit. Yes. And honestly, give it up for all of Can our sponsors. Like, like Reverie, our production company, we've been with for a while. Thank like, you, give a round of applause, please. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Yeah. Especially Perrier for me. Right. Perrier came through. Perrier delivered that water to her doorstep in Eagle Rock. They love me. Amen. I love them too. Thank and you, Perrier and Jacked. And who's that on Who the end? Who saw the Jacked? The ad? art. Oh, none of y'all? <laughs> I know some of y'all because you text me, but we're going to leave that off the record. Oh, wow. And also, um, the art. My hat right here. My brother has a clothing line, so thank you for donating this hat. I'm rocking it. Thank you, Brandon. And I bring you guys um, books as well. Oh, my God. Ooh, published. Awesome. Oh, my God. Your face is on it. for reading. My face on the yes. back. And also, Bella Pierre for the lipsticks. Because it's and your Bella book. Pierre for yeah, the lipsticks. Yeah, we had a few. We had yeah, a few. Absolutely. Thank and, you guys so and, much. Hold on. And by the way, Ronnie asked a question about the... Um, where's Ronnie? You left? Okay, y'all buy his stuff. It's really good. That the coffee butters. scrub is the shit. Coffee and scrub. And you guys are all bomb. well. VIP, whatever's left Ooh. over for Gem Pop gets a free uh, lip moisturizer. So it's use good. it. Thank it's good. Thank you guys really so much for uh, supporting us. This is, like I, like we said at the opening of the show, this has been quite the journey. We're at a hundred episodes and we're taking a, a an indefinite hiatus for the time being. Like three months. Um, and so yeah, it means a lot. It really does. Yeah. So Not thank you guys. Please give them a round of applause for our panel. Thank you guys. Y'all are dismissed. You have done your job. Yeah.
<laughs> We're dismissed, bitch. So you ain't gotta no, no, go no. home. Y'all but, not dismissed uh, yet. Um, sit down, Char. Somebody could send you your luggage. It's not. For those of y'all have 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 recorded the episode of Kiss and Tell, we always have gummies. So Char and I usually go to like Walgreens or like a CVS and get gummies for our guests and champagne as well. But I wanted to gift you or and Jameson just, or Jameson that has happened as well. Um, I want to gift you with some gummies because this is our 100th episode, and I want you to enjoy these gummies. All thank, of them. Thank you for the gummies. I will. Are they wildberry? They are. Hashtag diabetes. Oh yes, strawberry, red <laughs> raspberry. And I got you a card as well. Thank you, Jay. And honestly, because I'm not opening this here. No, you should. For obvious please reasons. Please don't. <laughs> Open it later. Shut up. Because what it says. Um, but yeah, no, I, I wanted to create more content because we had Kiss and Tell in February, like I said, of 2015, and I wanted to create more content, and I wanted to have someone who was good as well as dedicated, and a lot of people wanted that role, I'm not going to lie, and a lot of people, I think, didn't understand that, like, this is a fucking job. Like, we were in the studio every single week on a mic for two hours sometimes, talking about our stuff and emoting. And I knew that, I, it's funny, I met Charlotte Kiss and Tell show, and literally we have built a friendship, and I would say like maybe 50% of that has been in front of a mic, because we've learned each other. And I'm very blessed, well I'm getting emotional now. Ooh, hold it back, hold it back, hold it back. No, I don't. I appreciate you. <laughs> I do. And, um, oh, it was ugly. It was ugly. Um, but yeah, no, it's dope to, like, I found, I found a friend in Cintel, and, um, you're talented and amazing and dope, and so thank you. <laughs> thank you. Ooh, okay. Okay. This no, is enough. This isn't, it is enough. Okay. And thank y'all for coming. Please run a lot for yourselves. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> um, and so I just want to thank one more person, um, my dad, who has spent his Father's Day at a black gay LGBTQ event. So, like, thank you, Dad, for being the dope person that you are. How do I help you too? Yeah, thank you. And thank you, Marcia, too. This is my stepmom. She's Brazilian and fine. She Everybody was a model in the her. 80s. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a very interesting journey. Oh, my God, this is the worst. I can't control it. I was raised by a military man. Um, but yeah, no, this has been quite the journey. And I'm very uh, grateful for everyone who's been involved. And um, I just want to continue the conversation. And we will be back with more talk. Um, I say three months. Char says indefinitely because she needs to rest or take a nap or whatever. Um, I'm drained, y'all. She's drained. I am. Thirties is killing her. I am. Um, but yeah, no. Thank you guys so much, and I hope you guys really enjoyed the show. Thank you for the panelists that came out and spent their time to kind of just even just share with us because it's it's very difficult to get in front of a mic and talk about your shit. <laughs> like that is. 
I'm I'm okay with it now, but at first I was like, Ugh. but it's very hard for people to get up there and just like really just like have a very um, in tune conversation and tell them their business, especially for black folk, because you know black folk, black families, respectability, ain't nothing wrong, we're perfect. Um, but it's, I'm very grateful that I have um, good people around me. So Shar, do you want to say anything else? No, thank you guys for uh, coming out. I really appreciate it. Have a good evening. Kiss and tell. You be sure to use KAT100 for any uh, the hashtag KAT100 for any photos that you take, tweets that you send. Uh, I see it all. So if and I shout see out to Corey Emanuel in the audience as well. Who? Corey Emanuel. Oh, hi Corey. How you doing? Okay. Yes. Thank you guys for coming out. I don't have anything else to say. Thank you for your support. I appreciate no, I'm it. I'm, I'm gonna go cry. Wait, what? Yeah, Corey's here. He's like in the back row, like wearing a leather jacket. <laughs> in the flesh. All right. Um, so, Chandler, do you want to? I'm. We're not doing the dance. We're gonna. I wanted to do like the Beyonce choreography from Coachella. I don't know it. Y'all, because I do not know it. Okay. Um, but showing uh, the next day. <laughs> but uh, we're trying to give away a kiss and tell bell that was incompleted. It was not complete in time for the show, like a like one of these to commemorate the 100th um, show. But we'll mail it to you if you want to get up here and shuck and jive for us. Anybody? Chandler, you're going up to shuck and jive? No, Chandler oh, was about to go hit play. press play. Chandler, how about you just play us off? Because everybody's shy in here. They ain't gonna like it. They ain't gonna like it. It's the Char show again. Like I'm not doing it. I'm getting out of it. I don't even know it. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye, y'all. Wait, I love us for real. I forgot that's my sign off. I hope it's still recording. <laughs>